right, Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Everybody needs straws in their life. Can't let a motherfucker get between you and your shine. Blessings shine down on me, on me. Yeah, big up yourself, Anthony Hamilton. Big tune, big tune. Obviously, those aren't the lyrics, as you know. Um, but I, I love, I love Anthony Hamilton so much. I'm sure I've mentioned that a few times on this podcast before. But what a banger! Everybody needs love in their life. Oh God, man, that guy can sing. Fucking hell, fucking hell. Like that just is he from North Carolina or South Carolina? That kind of just beauty that they have in their voice, I just love it so much. Anyway, before I do last week and forget to uh, introduce the podcast, it is I, Collect Chai. Don't fucking call me that. My name is Kalechi, and you're in a blood clot place to be listening to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. Wow. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, don't know where the fuck you've been, but welcome. Thank you for joining us. By us, I mean me and all of my ancestors and my spirit guides. We're glad to have you here. Um, And for my OGs that, you know, you listen every week, um, even when things come up and you're maybe a couple of weeks behind or whatever big up yourself two slaps on your chest for tuning in for another week uh if you're listening to this on a monday then my birthday is tomorrow it's my birthday it's my birthday i'm gonna spend your money Uh, lol um yeah it's my birthday tomorrow imagine a baby girl will be tari five tati five man eight infinity wow foundation beautiful things, beautiful things in my 12th house perfection year as well. Woo! 12th house, Pisces. Woo, woo, woo. It's going to be fun. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be 35 tomorrow. Um, and it's been, it's been real. It's been real. I'm saying it's been real. Like I'm going somewhere. <laughs> God willing, I'm here for a long time and for a great time. Um, I'm recording this while the London marathon is happening outside of my window. So if you hear random whoops and woo and cheering and screaming, I'm not in the midst of a massive orgy unfortunately, um, I am just very close to the window and people are running past doing wonderful things. There you go. Doing wonderful things by running the London marathon. So, um, yeah, I'm glad it still was able to take place. Usually it would happen in April in it, but they're doing it in October because, you know, all the things, all the panoramics, all the panacottas and all of them things there. 
Um, yeah, I'm meant to be doing the Royal Parks half marathon next week. I don't think I'll be doing it. And it's such a shame because I did the virtual one over the summer and I've really, really been training and getting myself ready for this one. But, but I just don't feel like mentally there. I just don't feel mentally there. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a two hour run. I could walk it if I really, really wanted to. But I just, yeah, I mean, let me not speak. I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm, they've sent my race bib, all of those things, but I just don't feel up to it. Uh, and you know, if I've got two, if I save two podcasts, um, two podcast episodes uh, of some of my favorite podcasts, if I just save two of the episodes, that will see me nicely through the entire run. And it's always great when you're running um, alongside people as well. So that energy kind of, you know, picks you up and I'm rather competitive, Aries rising. So um, I'll probably do a really good time if my head's in the game. But yeah, and I'm not one of them people that's always like, oh, it's the participation that counts. Nah, fam, if I'm participating, I'm elevating, you know, I've got to do well. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I will be, but I know that there'll be other halves, there'll be other things. I've ran so many um, half marathon distances in the past year, in the past 18 months, like, I've done really, really well. I think I've, at least minimum, I've run it, like, uh, five times. Like that, like the actual distance. So it's the distance is not the issue for me. There's just something in my spirit, in my body, in my loins that doesn't really, yeah, I'm not up to it, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Sometimes I speak way too soon. Um, so we will see about that as it's the beginning of the year, the beginning of the year, the beginning of the month. And we've had, well, to me, it's the beginning of the year because it's my solar return, bitches. Um, yeah, as it's the beginning of the month and um, ha- belated happy Nigerian independence to Nigeria, whatever that is. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought I would do a tarot reading, but I'll do it for all of the elements. So I'll do air signs, fire signs, water signs and earth signs. So if you know your sun, moon, rising and Venus, you better get yourself prepared. If you're thinking, Ra, if you're new to this, like how do I know my sun, moon, rising and Venus? There are uh, Google search or search um, natal charts or birth charts. And if you know your birth time and where you were born, you can put that into the system and it will tell you, um, you know, what your uh, what your bits are. And it's always good to know. I promise you it's good to know all of this stuff that some of you are running around just talking about your sun sign all the time. I don't like to be snobby, but it really is so... It, it makes my ears bleed when I'm listening to conversations and it's just like, oh, but I'm a Libra and I'm an Aries. Oh, no, 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 no. And I don't know anything past that. It's just like, oh, mate, like try and get more information because this is really painful to listen to. Um, but anyway, I know that some people can't actually find out literally their time of birth, but there is something called, I think, elect. I want to say it's elective um, astrology. I could be wrong about the terminology, but basically a really, really good, really experienced astrologer will be able to, through a series of questions, help you pinpoint the time that, the rough time that you would have been born. Um, so that's always useful. I know that um, the Elysian Aquarius, Isaiah, they do it. Uh, and I don't, I don't think uh, Yakari does it from Starry Agency. I don't think they do it. But the other person that, you know, I love with all of my heart after having a reading with him, the Sagittarian mind, Jason, 
I think he might do it as well. Um, so yeah, those those are people to consider. And maybe Alice Sparkly Cat, um, they might do it too. So yeah, I've given you like a range of people there and all of them are people of colour. People of colour! People of colour as well. Um, because I think that, you know, it's good to kind of uh, make sure that you're patronising your community or your wider community. And, uh, you know, they're people that I think do great stuff and they're very different. All of them are very different. So you'd have to kind of chat to them and see like who fits your vibe. Jason, you know, really, really fits my vibe. Like uh, the Sagittarian mind, he really, really fits my vibe. So um, I really enjoyed my um, reading with him. I told you a lot about it the last time anyway. But yeah, that was sick. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be 35. And wow, I've really been on this earth for 35 years. Wow. I mean, some might talk about, oh, but maybe you've been here before and whatever, whatever. And I've gotten some information about that that I won't actually divulge. But um, yeah, it's wild. 35 years in this thing. And I'm grateful for where I am. I feel like I've learned so much. But enough about me. Let's look at the elements. Like I said, if you know your sun, moon, rising and Venus, this would be uh, really helpful for you. So I'm going to shuffle it live because even though I know that obviously my readings bang. I think that sometimes when I just tell you what it is, because I've like pre-shuffled, you must think like I prepared a thing, and I really don't. I mean, even if I'm shuffling it right now in your ears, if you don't want to believe it, you don't want to believe it, Jerry. But, um, not that anyone's ever said anything wayward, but, um, yeah, I just think that it's good to kind of just do it, um, do it here, do it live. Um, let's see. So we'll start with air signs, I think I said. We'll start with air signs. So let's do that. Hmm. Air signs. So air signs, if you're um, Aquarius, Gemini or Libra, sun, moon, rising or Venus, this is your, just your general advice. I would say your general advice for the month of October. But whenever you listen to this, it'll be for you. Like I tell you that it's for the month of October, but it's literally for the next month from you listening to this. I think that's a better way to describe it. It's for the next month from the time that you hear this. All right. So air signs, what you got for me? What you got for me? Oh, cute. Oh, cute. Oh, cute. Um, so I'm using the Afro goddess tarot arcanas. Don't know why I pronounce it like that. The Afro, uh, the Afro Goddess Tarot Arcanas, um, and then I'm also using my baby girl, Marcella Kroll. I'm using the Nature Nurture deck by Marcella Kroll as well. Uh, we met up the other day when she was in London. It was so lovely. Oh, nice. And it's just emotions taking me over. Sorry about that. I mean, I'm sure you're used to my singing by now. Um, if you can call it that. Um, and then I'm also using the Wisdom of the Oracle deck as well by Colette Baron reed Um, wow, lots of water. So we're talking about air signs, but I feel like at the same time, we're also, there's a, I'm feeling a watery vibe as well for the, um, air signs. So the first card that comes out is the Goddess of Wands sunflowers around her, little black cat around her. And then we've got the full card. Um, 
upright very cute deck and then we've got the son of wands in reverse and then we've got 25 emotion water from the nature nurture and then we've got 15 message in a bottle and this that's also in water so there's something about water here but we'll get into that sunflower sunshine I can call you my baby boy, and you can call me your baby girl, and maybe we can spend some time, and I can be your sunshine. Baby girl, anyway, I don't know the words. Um, Goddess of Wands, you have been working so hard, and you have been thriving. Good news is about to just come your way in in major ways. Um, as I know that what is it? Mercury's gone retrograde, and I know that when people are talking about it, they're like, "Oh my God, Mercury's gone into marmalade and into microbraid and into Gatorade." And while that's true for some people. I mean, for me personally, Mercury's gone retrograde retrograde in my seventh house of um in my seventh house of like relationships and partnerships and all of that stuff. So what I'm noticing is that like I went for a uh, dinner with my friend the other day, big up yourself, Diana, baby girl. And I saw two people, well, no, three people that I hadn't seen in a while. And while Mercury was in Mercury was in its pre-retrograde shadow, I saw one of those people pr um, at that time as well. And, um, I say that to say these people have been the kind of people that, uh, once things started picking up for me, they started moving really bookie towards me. Like just started moving, really moving mad, basically. Like, you know, them people that are happy to support you until it looks like you're doing too well. Suddenly it's the unfollow. Suddenly it's the threads that they want to write from an academic lens about why, you know, um, your visibility is problematic and your partnerships and collaborations are problematic. They've got all of these words because all of a sudden they're threatened by the things that you're doing. And I, and I haven't seen these people. Obviously, we had, um, you know, the Panacotta as well. So you haven't seen people. But in a space of like three, two, three weeks, I'm seeing all of these people again. And I, when, I, when I've seen them, I've just kept it cute. But I had to acknowledge the rage that I felt inside as well. Like, you fucking cunts. You absolute fucking cunts, yeah? Like people will do things on the internet and they'll do it for an audience or they'll do it for like their little academic circles or whatever it might be. One of them, it was even on Facebook. So when everyone was talking about, oh my God, her partner's white, rah, rah, rah. I remember her tagging me on Facebook and being like, oh my God, we all need to discuss this. Um, How do you feel about Kelechi being in this sort of relationship? Does it make you trust her, trust her less, rah, rah, rah? And all these other black women are commenting. I'm thinking you've tagged me in a motherfucking thing. Are you all all right? That's when I realised that there's some black women in the UK that are tapped, fam. They are tapped in the cerebral cortex. They are absolutely tapped. They're madhead somebodies, sickhead somebodies. Like, and they're having this conversation. So immediately I like blo uh, blocked that group. I came off Facebook eventually anyway. I deleted my um, Facebook account ages ago now. Um, but I remember seeing her and I was thinking, but see, every time... I'm expected to be to be the mature person. Now, I know certain things about people that if I wanted to move ignorant, like if I like we're always talking about the fact that I'm a dickhead in recovery, right? I don't think some of you understand just how much of a dickhead 
I have the propensity to be like an absolute fucking disgusting cunt. Like I can be horrendous. I feel like we all have the capacity to do so, but I, I realize that of myself, right? And it's part of my shadow work. And one of the main things that I'm always being reminded is that do not let your anger get the best of you. So some of you even think that you've seen me angry. You haven't because every time I'm reminded by the ancestors, I'm reminded by the deities, like don't, don't while out, don't while out because some of these people, that's what they want to see. And they know that if you get to that point, you're going to say something and you're going to land a curse on someone and it's going to be very, very mad. So don't do it. So when you're now told not to do something, obviously, you know what happens, right? People are going to push you to, and you want to do that thing. And so this particular person that did that in that group, I was like, but if I now start speaking, people will say that I'm a speaker. If I now start talking, people will say that I'm a talker. Because fam, if I bring up your past, a past that yes, you've readily shared, but if I now start using it to drag you up and down, there is no DJ, there's no, there's no vinyl that you'll be able to scratch in this world that will be louder than your heartbreak when I finish dealing with you. So I really watch myself. I'm just like, you know what? Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. They don't want your baby girl smoke no more. So I've got to just let it go. So I say all of that to say that we've been putting in the work as the air signs. I mean, I'm a Libra sun, queen of swords. So we've been putting in that work and the funny that it's the ones that come out, right? And that's like a fire sign vibe. But I think that that's important as well because sometimes even as, even as air, so if, sorry, I might have said that wrong. So even as air, as an air sign, we're moving in a particular direction, but sometimes you're going to need the air to fan the flames, to fan your passion, to let it um, burn brighter, to let it, to, yeah, to just let it expand. And that's what we've been doing, using our intellect um, from the, you know, that air sign area, we've been using it to get things moving, to, to get things like fired up. And it's really paying off. Like you're seeing things growing. And if you are, um, I've mentioned about the retrograde and the seventh house because yeah, people are going to come back and, or you're going to be reminded of past uh, relationships, whether they're business uh, relationships. So maybe you like bump into an ex-colleague or, you know, the place that you used to work at, you suddenly see them post something, trying to act like they changed, or it's literally for you, like a romantic relationship. It could be anything really, or a friendship or whatever. So these things are going to come back because you're now going to be looking at them from a new lens, because you're going to realise just how much you've grown, because you're able to look at these situations and be like, rah, thank God that I was pulled out of that at the time that I was pulled out of it, because look how I've blossomed. So it's important to remember that, that just because people see you as air, like some people might think of you as a light breeze, but remember that, remember what you are capable of, remember what air is capable of, should it lose its temper, right? So what you want to do is move through life like a light breeze, but always remembering that should shit need to get done, you also have the, like the capacity to, 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 um, to do otherwise and to really give people more than a gust, you know? Um, so, so that's why we see the goddess of wands here. And then I said, it's followed by the, uh, full cards because all of the work that's been done once, uh, Mercury goes back, uh, stations direct, uh, and also Jupiter also needs to station direct as well. But when all of this happens, um, you're going to find that 
a lot of the things that look delayed, whether it was contracts, whether it was this, whether it was that, whether it was connections that you've been trying to make, everything starts coming because it's a new beginning for you. Like one cycle is done and another cycle is beginning. For some of you, I'm seeing like a highway. So it's either like moving, relocating, or just you're in a different avenue altogether. I'm also seeing a white rose here. And I know that Oshun likes that. No, it's not. Is it? No. Um, Yemoja. I think it's Yem, yeah, Yemoja that likes um, white roses. I could be wrong. But, um, and this, uh, the full card, this one, she's also hope, um, holding a coin purse as well. So, like literally new opportunities new things are coming new like you're literally going to see a whole new world no aladdin like you're going to see like um a brand new place that you've never been to no jasmine but you know like just be prepared like it's it feels like something is starting and it what it feels like something that felt like it was lost or delayed it's now going to pick up momentum, um, over this month. So you'll, you'll be getting great, great news. And then we've got water 25 in motion from Marcella Kroll. Sorry. And then we've got son of wands in reverse. I didn't see that card as well. So son of one ones in reverse, we see the son of wands riding a rhinoceros as well. So I get the idea that for some people it's a new beginning, um, because you're letting go of some useless, uh, partner, who wasn't able to kind of bring the energy that you needed. Like, imagine you're the queen of wands and this is a son of wands energy. Like you were really downgrading. Like people don't talk enough about how women generally, whether trans, cis, whatever, um, tend to date down because of the way that patriarchy set up. You're told to just accept the minimum and be grateful that at least you have somebody. Um, but we don't want to do are you that somebody anymore so uh you're some of you are just getting rid of people um some of you son of ones you might have someone that was working for you in terms of like an assistant capacity that you're kind of going to need to let go of because um with the new opportunities that are coming your way you kind of need people that can meet you at the level that you're at um or for some of you you are stopping being the assistant you're stopping that because actually you know that you're capable of doing way more than just that thing. Um, so yeah, you're no longer being seen in that way. So for, I'm thinking that maybe for some of you it actually might be a promotion at work. That's the reason that I'm seeing the, uh, queen of wands and then the full card and then the son of wands cause you're graduating. But for some of you, it's because you have the left arm behind them waste people that you were dating um, and yeah, you may have been heartbroken at the time, but it's really for the best because a new cycle is about to start and they would not have been able to keep up. Um, so yeah, so that's good to know. Anyway, 25, it says here in the Marcella Kroll deck, it says here, if you are inquiring about a situation or relationship, then this card indicates a strong emotional connection. Feelings play an important role and need to be checked in with before proceeding. Your connection to your emotional body needs to be addressed and acted on accordingly. Additionally, you may be feeling extra sensitive to your surroundings at this time. For clarity or direction and how you feel and how to feel supported, further draw another card i mean we've already got lots of cards but i think that's important as well for air signs check in with your body because i think for so for a lot of air signs we spend so much time in our minds we spend so much time in our heads and it's it's easy for us to kind of like theorize and intellectualize everything because it's a way of avoiding actually feeling the thing but you need to know where all of this sits in your body so maybe that's why we're seeing so much water um in this reading 
because there is your inner world. How are you checking in on your inner world? Like your emotions, like they can't just be put to the side. And it really bothers me when people talk about, oh, emotions and they talk about logic. And I feel like there is logic to be found in emotion as well. They don't have to be mutually exclusive, like check in because your intelligence doesn't have to be something that's very, that stays just cerebral. It's, you were talking about emotional intelligence as well, like feeling things and using your gut feelings, especially the feelings that generate from your sacral region, using that to guide your path rather than just staying in your head all of the time. And then we've got message in a bottle number 15 and we see a stalk here. So I also get the idea about um, pregnancies as well whenever I see the stalk. Um, so I feel like some pregnancies are going great. Well done to you. Um, number 15, what do we have here? It says here, the Oracle's message, spirit sends you signs when you ask for them, when you believe you will receive them. And when you allow yourself to become fluent in the language of symbols, oracles, and omens, they may come to you as a bird flying by a logo on a truck and a song on the radio. Expect confirmation that you're pointed in the right direction. Keep your ears open for someone might say just the right thing that will give you the answer to your query. Today, your message is this. Spirit hears you and the reply is favourable. Exactly. There you go. Um, then uh, the prosperity message here, that's the one that caught my eye, says, you are on target with your purpose and your passion. You are coming into alignment with your destiny and spirit wants you to know that you're on the right track. Expect a call, a new opportunity, look at that. Expect a call, a new opportunity or a message from an old friend. I told you, Mercury retrograde, wow. Uh, or a message from an old friend or business contact that will lead you closer to your dreams and greatest desires. Spirit has been listening to you. I told you lot, ma'am. Air science, it's all good things. It's all good things. I love it. I love it. I told you about that Mercury retrograde and people coming back like bear that in mind like messages are coming from people that may have gone far away and then now they're just coming back to come and say their own or to bring gifts because i said to you also when jupiter goes direct you're going to get the things that you thought that were denied to you um so that so that's uh for the air signs and so now we'll go to the water signs since i've been talking about them so much stop talking about us now I feel like water signs still ref, um, refers to me because I've got so many planets in Scorpio. <laughs> yes, in my eighth house. So I've literally just finished talking about my seventh house and now we're going to talk about my eighth house. Why are you dragging me like this, spirit? Um, so what's the message for the water signs? So water signs, we're talking about Pisces, Cancer or Scorpio, uh, Sun, Moon or Rising or Venus nice oh 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 let's see what we've got from oh okay that was very quick that was very quick there was no playing with that let's see what's oh what's that hold on just getting your card oh evolve butterfly nice okay so we've got here for the water signs that's pisces cancer scorpio um sun moon rising or venus we've got the hermit card which is actually virgo which is really interesting so we've got the hermit card um and then we've got the ten of swords and then we've got the lovers card here as well that's really cute the lovers card is that leo 
um that gives me leo vibes um interesting just getting this in so no um <laughs> so that's nine that's six mm. i think that's gemini that's gemini lovers in it anyway um let's see and then we've got peace card number 23 and then we've got butterfly 11 very interesting so the hermit card retreat if you haven't done so already you're being asked to just no yeah it's either it's, it's a state of retreat or because the hermit card came out first what i will say is that the retreat if you haven't done so, you're being advised to do so. But there are people who have already done the hermit mode where they've gone away. They've gone away. They've taken time to just chill because why? Ten of swords. They were they were exhausted. And I'm looking really at the fact that the swords are in their back. And there's a little butterfly flying in the background as well. And we've got another butterfly as well. You had to go away to reappear anew. And I know that we've had that theme of like chrysalis before, but that is really what's coming forward here. Like you had to go away to regenerate, to come back into the world anew. I feel like we're not just talking about, um, you know, the past few months. We're talking about really over the last 18 months, really. You, during your time, during this time that you've kind of been cocooned, while everything's been happening, a lot of people have just stayed at home, haven't done much um, because of everything, haven't been able to travel, all of that stuff, right? What's happened is that you've shed so much of who you were prior to lockdown. You've been able to kind of share things about yourself, whether for some people it's like letting go of secrets or whatever, or just like or things that you felt like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get past this because if people knew this, this is going to be an issue, rah, rah, rah. But actually, you've been able to do it. Like, so much has been shared in your time being away from people. And for some, you might even have appeared that you were still out there in the world, but actually you've emotionally um, emotionally withdrawn from so many things Um and ideas and and groups that maybe before prior to the panoramic you were happy to be a part of um so that's what i'm reading that uh, the hermit card was a case of you withdrawing because of that exhaustion and also this element of betrayal as well like people really showing themselves in a way that you're like fuck that i'm out like i need to go within to figure out what I can do without, you know, like, you've just been, like, I need to, I, I've got to find peace of mind, you know, like, what Lauren Hill was saying, like, they say it's impossible, but I know it's possible, and this is the thing, like, when we look at society, and the way that peace is sold to us, it's like, oh, you need to go and sit on top of a mountain, or if you're not doing that, then you need to buy this new flip phone, or whatever, there's always something that you need to do that is just so, so far removed, when actually, like the peace that you're looking for is always with you. Like even though them Catholic dons piss me off sometimes when they say peace be with you and also with you, like peace is always with you. It's always with you. You just have to be able to tune into it. So that element of betrayal really sent you back to yourself. That element of like um just mental exhaustion, just fed up and tired of everything meant that you went to look for the light within you and it's funny that this hermit is also holding a wand because it helped you to kind of go in inwards and figure out what your passions truly are as well and realize that upon all the things that have happened because I'm also noting that they're wearing white and their third eye is activated in, in, in this as well 
that upon all the things that happen that you think may have like tarnished you in your life, actually, when you go within, you realize the, the, the purity, quote unquote, and the innocence that still resides there. And the, um, like the love that is always there emanating from within because you're created from source, like you're created from an eternal source of light. So that stays with you. And then now that you're coming out into the world again, we've got the lover's card here. Like now that you have an idea of what it means to feel connected to self, you now know what you want in terms of your connections. And for Scorpio as well, I think we've got Venus in Scorpio at the moment as well. Um, and Venus usually doesn't really chill there like Venus likes, like Libra, that sort of vibe. But when Venus is in Scorpio, she likes to get a bit sexy. She likes to do some of the things that she wouldn't usually do. It's like, I don't usually do this, but um, you just made me feel so comfortable. Um, different things out, trying different things out, indulging in things, seeing how it feels. I think I pressed the space bar there. Um, yeah, indulging in things, seeing how it feels, um, knowing what you truly want for yourself now. Some of you now, it's a case of you're going to be out there again, exploring passion, intimacy, sex. Um, and for some of you, it's just a case of just, yeah, really feeling like you're showing up in the world as the kind of person that you truly love. Because the lover's card isn't necessarily about a physical other. It's more like an, like, becoming um one with yourself um and moving away from that duality that kind of is forced upon us sometimes and pushing away part of like your shadow self or whatever you're bringing all of those things together and I'm noticing the apple in the background. So for some of you, maybe during downtime, you've really um, glowed up and now you're going to get lots of temptations. I know you see me watching you and I see you watching me and go your daddy's calling me. Go your daddy calling me. I don't even know the like, I don't even know the word. But boy, your body's calling me. Temptation is killing me. I know you see me watching you and I see you watching me. I'm chilling in my spine and my body going deep. Anyway. I know you're tired of the songs. Um, that was Beyonce, but no, Destiny's Child, by the way. Um, but yeah, some of you, it's about temptation. So know how to move accordingly. Know how to move accordingly. Um, butterfly, evolve, number 11. 11, 11. 11, 11. 11 says here, uh, shifts in your outer and inner world. Look at that. I just said that. Shifts in your outer and inner world may feel exciting, expansive, and a little uncomfortable. Honor your process no matter where you are in it. The butterfly asks you to be more visible and stop hiding your light. Kelechi, are you that? Are you that? I am that. I mean that. Yes. Thank you, spirit, for never making a liar out of me. Rewind selector. Honor your process no matter where you are in it. The butterfly asks you to be more visible and stop hiding your light. You have the ability right now to be aware of what and who you need to stay away from. I said that. As well as the flexibility to get through even the most uncomfortable of situations with ease and grace. If you are inquiring about a relationship or opportunity, this card can indicate a change in the nature of the situation. This is neither good nor bad. It just is. Just know that regardless of whatever is happening, this too shall pass. And I see it. You've been going through through a transition you've been going through a phase and then now you're you're about to appear in the world as a bad bitch like and that's you know gender neutral you're about to just appear in the world as what people need to uh reckon with I I, I definitely feel like I get that vibe of like 
because of the things that are happening and the new beginnings that are coming for you, you're about to make a lot of people extremely, extremely vexed when they realize just what God has been doing in your, uh, in your life behind the scenes. Um, the Oracle's message from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck says here, uh, this is 23 piece. It says, it doesn't get any better than this. A quiet mind, a heart fulfilled, freedom from want and a soul satisfaction. The way to peace is through radical acceptance. Exactly, the lover's card. Everything in your world is exactly as it should be. Harmony is beautiful. Enjoy it. Prosperity message says, this is one of those times when you're capable of clear vision about your work and how you create your prosperity. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You're called by presence to step into your power. Just being is enough for you you uh, for you are in peaceful harmony with spirit and it shows in your work i don't think i need to say anything else apart from that like that was just such a fucking beautiful reading um so like i said that that was for the water signs pisces uh, pisces cancer scorpio sun moon rising or venus that was for you now let's go to the fire signs because that's calling that's pulling my eyes so we're talking aries leo sagittarius sun moon rising or venus what's the message for the next month for the fire sign spirit honorable ancestors ascended masters like what is the message oh for the fire signs oh let's see let's see what have we got here oh straight off we've got a wands card for the fire signs interesting okay oh this feels a bit stern i feel like we're suddenly getting serious don't let me get serious sorry about that i needed to do it i'm can't apologize for my musical prowess um let's see what have we got from the Marcella Kroll Nature Nurture deck? These cards are so cute because they're really tiny and they're perfect. Okay, I'm not taking... Oh, I've got to take all of them. All right, spirit. Fucking hell. I've got three cards from the Nature Nurture for the fire signs because you lot have been doing a lot, it seems like. All right, so fire signs. The first card we've got is the Ten of Wands. Then we've got the Magician card. Then we've got the Nine of Swords in reverse. And we've got the Nine of Wands in reverse. Interesting. The message that comes through to me straight away, which to I said it felt stern, is because in the uh, in the uh, tarot, the Afro Goddess Tarot Arcana's uh, deck, we've got this beautiful woman, and she's carrying um, the wa uh, the wands in a basket on top of her head. Some of you are really carrying other people's problems, like you're really taking paracetamol for other people's headaches. You're carrying their drama on your head. It's not for you to deal with. Like, like it really feels like it's somebody else's thing somebody else's guy maybe it's somebody else's guy like you're really just doing stuff that you know you should not be doing you have no business being there and um we've got then the magician card here as well the eternity sign above her head you're way more powerful than to be squandering your energies trying to control other people and live their lives for them and try to insulate them from feeling the repercussions of their own actions step out of the way step out of the way and let people do the things that they need to do and you focus on cleaning up and doing the things that you need to do in your life like 
you're so powerful, like, you're so, like, the magician card is one of my favourite cards, you all know that by now, it's one of my fucking favourite cards in the deck, like, you have so much power available to you, but you're not using it, because you're busy carrying other people's drama, or thinking that you're gonna fix people to the extent that if you fix them enough, that they'll finally be able to love you, or if you do their work for them in a work environment, maybe you'll get recognised finally, and then you'll be seen for just how great you are, but the fact of the matter is, like, a lot of these people can't, they can't, can see what you bring to the table but they also see that you're not in your in your power so they'll continue to just let you squander your energy um because they benefit from it but there comes a point where you have to call your energy back you have to take your energy back and i'd recommend doing visualization exercises where you're re- literally calling your energy back to you from wherever it might be lying down flat on your bed or sitting upright if you'd prefer with your feet firmly grounded on the floor arms open, hands open, palms open, and just call your light back to you. Imagine the kind of colour light that makes you feel comfortable, warm, safe, and start calling that light back to you, into your body, because you're just everywhere right now. It feels like the energy scattered, um, and you're, and uh, the, also the other idea I get from this is like, you've delegated to people to do something, but you're also trying to do the job for them. Like if you've given the people the job to do, let them do it. And if they don't, then don't do it to the capacity or the level that you require, let them know that they're not doing it to the capacity or level that you require. And if they give you back chat, then you're going to clearly need to re- uh, adjust that working relationship but you can't keep saying oh I've delegated I've delegated and then when it's time to actually let people do the thing you're not letting them because you're scared that they're going to fuck it up but the whole point is that you should have people around you that you can trust to do what they say that they will do um and I know that comes with practice but that's also part of the message and we've got the nine of wands I'm sorry nine of swords in reverse here um some of you are doing all of this because you're scared of what it might mean to tell people no right um that sense of aloneness like almost yeah it's a sense of like real aloneness like loneliness that comes from telling people no um they won't care about me anymore I'll be left alone I won't have a um, purpose in life um and all of that stuff and you've really got to get past that you've really got to get past that because nine of wands in reverse we've got here as well. It just means that you have no boundaries, that people are just walking in and out of your life any which way, taking what they want. Like you're not a buffet fam. You're not a fucking buffet. That'd be like a a grazing platter. Although I do love berry and brie grazing platter. I just thought I'd let you lot know that about it's black owned as well. Um, ordered it for the studio showcase, the autumn showcase that happened yesterday, actually. Um, but you're not a grazing platter for people to come and just be picking and choosing how they like and then just walking away. I'm walking away. No, the fuck you're not. So you have to be really, really um, intentional about who you let into your space and who you let have access to your your resources, your energetic, your emotional, your spiritual resources. You have to start being really particular about that because for right now, you're just wasting energy in ways that you do not need to be. Um, and then we've got the Wisdom of the Oracle uh, card, number 21, clean it up, it says here. Let's see what that says. 21, it says here, Oracle's message, ever feel so bogged down with emotional gunk that you can't think straight? Could you be surrounded by physical clutter in your home also? Too much work, overwhelmed, 
Time to clean house. Every time, every item out of place natters away at you. Every unresolved resentment, every comparison to others leads to a sense of lack, takes up energetic space. Every unpaid bill just adds up to an unnecessary feeling of being overwhelmed. Now is the time to free yourself by energetically cleaning house. Just do it. Make room for the miracles that are lining up for you. And I feel like that's also important. I'm not just here just going rah, rah, rah and shouting on your head. Um... I'm telling you all of that because you have to make space for the things that are going to be beneficial to you. Like you are deserving of your own, you you know, your own love, right? You need to feel that rather than just kind of like trying to sell it for some cheap price all the time. Like, you know, the true value of your love and give it to yourself first and foremost. And then you can decide how much you want to now be given out to others. But first you have to know what your love tastes like before you can serve it. Yeah. Um, the prosperity message here says simple things like opening your mail, paying bills, sorting out your timetable, making lists and getting organized is what this symbol means when it comes to your work. Make time for yourself too. This card is a sign you may be overburdened and overwhelmed. It's okay to say no. <laughs> it's okay to, to say no. You'll prosper even more when you do. I told you that. I did. Um, and then we've got the nature nurture. Let's see what that says um, here. I'm probably going to have to cut down all the other things I want to talk about on the podcast today because I don't want it to be like mad long. Um, let's see. Nature nurture. We've got fire, which is actually you, literally. Fire 26 here. That's the first card that came out. It says here, ready, set, go is the vibe. Move confidently in the direction of your desires. A new opportunity may present itself and you are required to act fast. If you are inquiring about a situation or relationship, fire can represent a shared creative or passionate connection. Drawing this card can also be a wake up call to ignite your passions or start a creative project you've been dreaming about. It's also your body inviting you to move. It doesn't matter if you walk, stretch or dance, just let your body find a way to express itself. If you need additional clarity uh, about what kind of action to take, draw another card. Well, you've got another card already. You've got 24. Death says here, there comes a time where all things must end. We can let things go willingly or unwillingly. While this can bring a sadness or a sense of loss, the death of a relationship, job, former identity or idea is also the signal of a new beginning. When we give death dignity, we can give grace to new beginnings. So celebrate and um, give reverence to death because without it, there is no birth or new beginning. And then we've got acorn number seven, and that's wisdom. Let's see what that says. It says, uh, there is much to be obtained by honouring what we have learned through our own experience, um, our own experiences, as well as the teachings of others. Ask yourself, have I gone down this path before? Do I remember what I've already learned? You could be finding yourself in the same scenario because there was something you forgot to hold on to the first time the lesson came around. Or perhaps this experience is new and sharing with you a valuable tool that will assist you with the rest of your journey. Either way, drawing this card is a reminder to really cherish what you are learning here. The information being received is more powerful than you may realise in this moment. If you are inquiring about a relationship or opportunity, drawing the acorn acorn is symbolic of an important seed being planted at this time. Yeah, you've got to invest in you. You've got to plant the things that are going to allow you to bloom later on. You know, like I first said for the air signs, that's the energy that some of you need. 
like you've got to you've got to find that thing in you that keeps you going but you've got to let go of the thing of carrying other people's palaver like it's really not serving you anyway for the last sign then earth sign so that's taurus virgo or capricorn sun moon rising or venus let's see what the message is for you man um capricorn what is the message for capricorn for the next month I'm saying Capricorn out loud. Like, what's the message for Earth signs? I don't know why Capricorn was the one that I was thinking about. Uh, let's see. Okay. That's, was that all three? Okay. Nice. Okay. Okay. Let's see what all of that means. What does that mean? Let's see. Closer to my dreams, I'm feeling higher. Uh, and then this one. Okay, that was fast. All right. So, Earth signs. You've got Judgment card. You've got Six of Swords, and you've got the uh, Four of Swords in reverse, and you've got Thirty-six Union, Sun and Moon. Um, and then we've got 48 poised. Okay. Judgment card. There is a major thing happening in your life at the moment. It feels very much like you're coming to the end of something, like you're, you're getting to that place, that, like that pinnacle of what it means to grow within a particular stage that you're at, or you're getting to a particular stage of success uh, and you're being called to higher things now. Like, your journey doesn't feel like um, bogged down with lots of earthly stuff. A lot of the things that you're doing um, are impactful in a celestial sense. So the things that you're doing spiritually are shifting things, whether you realise it or not. And there, yeah, there are many steps to getting there. But because you've been transparent, because um, this, I, I'm looking at the picture of the woman walking up the steps and she's wearing like a sheer gown that's backless. Um because you've been transparent, people have really been able to see your beauty, uh, and, and spirits being able to see your beauty. And that's allowing you to ascend higher. That's literally what we're seeing here. You're ascending higher. And because we've got the six of swords, you're having, and your back is to us the whole time, except for the four of cups, like your back is to us the whole time because you're having to turn your back on earthly ideas of success, on earthly ideas of um, relationships, of beauty, of intimacy, like you're not getting to kind of do the day-to-day -day things that other people get to, you know, get away with basically, um, where they can kind of um, distract themselves with all of those things that like you're being asked to, to, to level up, basically, you're not, you're not, you're not allowed at this time to just um, dwell, um, and waste time in the trivial things. You've got your back to us when I'm reading, looking at this card, because you have, um, a journey that far exceeds like all the mundane, useless, trivial day-to-day -day things that are happening and all of those conversations. And the advice is to not really try to get yourself bogged down with it because some of you, like, especially after the pandemic, you're still trying to do up um lavish life you're still trying to kind of do what you felt like you were doing to show your success prior to the pandemic but it doesn't feel the same anymore and you know that it doesn't but you're forcing it like you're forcing a thing and you're gonna have to leave that so whatever you're doing whatever your talents are the gifts are that you've been given in order to shift the dynamic or the energy of the world 
You're being asked to do that while turning your back on the things that you think signify success. And that also means like useless competitive things with other people like, oh, that person over there is doing this and that person over there is doing that. That's none of your business because it actually doesn't impact what you have been asked to do. So you're shifting your your mindset and you're shifting all of those things and um, you're then maturing. So you're not turning down um, the cups that are offered to you when spirit has tried to offer you a cup before that you're like, oh, this is bitter. I don't want to drink this. You're now realizing that even if the thing tastes bitter, the lesson that you're being asked to learn, even if it tastes bitter, you know that it nourishes you and you know that it actually makes you stronger than your counterparts. And so now actually what's happened is that you're more willing to drink that. So whenever a lesson is coming along and you're like, oh, I'm going to brace myself. This is going to hurt. You're now more surrendering to it, not even bracing anymore. You're just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I know the deal by now. And as painful as it might feel and as ostracizing as it might feel, because you want to do the trivial things with everybody else. You want to kiki and ha ha and do all of the things with everybody else. Yes, I get it. But you're, what you're asked to do is just more than that. And, and it is what it is. Like, you're just asked to be more responsible than um, some of the other signs. Um, but you are being greatly rewarded for it. You definitely are being greatly rewarded for it. Um, definitely with nice outfits too. Um, and then we've got number 48 poised here as well. What does it say for number 48 poised? Um let's see it says here oracle's message you can be assured that you are ready for anything right now you know what you need to uh your skills are sharp you've come to this place armed with wisdom and knowledge and you sense a new phase of your life about to begin people respond to your confidence and trust you this is an auspicious time to begin new things prosperity message says you have every reason to feel confident everything you need to make your um, success concrete is now at your disposal. You can take action knowing that you are ready to step into your power, into your light and into your service to the world. I told you it's a service thing to the world. Um, the direction you're moving in is your destiny. Your soul is smiling with joy as you align with this truth. Exactly. And you've got the sun, moon, 36 union from the nature nurture deck. Let's see what that says. Tati six. Tari sis, a year older than me. The sun plus moon are the union of opposites, night and day, masculine and feminine, love and fear. A match or perfect mate. Drawing this card can portend a happy time and finding balance. If you are inquiring about relationship or situation, drawing this card is a very positive omen for it. Additionally, it can indicate that a situation will find harmonious conclusion soon. Like you're finding your equilibrium and an equilibrium is not a static thing. It's constantly moving. So energies are constantly shifting, but the thing is, it'll just feel more comfortable for you. So just hang in there to the earth signs, like your time of having to kind of like do all of the things, be the dependable one, be the reliable one. All of those things are getting you prepared for your things, basically, and knowing that you won't squander them. So that's that for the tarot reading. Gosh, that was long. I don't know why I put myself through that, but I knew that I couldn't get around it because once I felt that message from spirit that I had to do all of the signs, I was like, fuck, you know, but at least it was elemental and not like sign by sign because my God, that's long. But I think that that's what I'll probably do for the Patreon. Um, my patrons, I'll do it for them on Patreon, um, probably this week. Um, I like to use all the good juju from my birthday to bless all of the people, them, 
Um, so yeah, that's that. Anyway, so what I'll do now is then big up one of this week's show sponsors who are Issue and I'll be right back. Thanks to Issue for sponsoring this week's podcast episode. Whether you are working for yourself or you're part of a team, it's time to get creative. Make your online presence and your business stand out from the rest with Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures and just lots more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs because Issue features your creativity in an easy-to-view way on every single device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Your content is already optimised for engagement and ready to share. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customised experience. So get started with Issue today for free. Um, so if you sign up for um, a medium, pre- uh, for, if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off uh, when you go to issue.com slash uh, say your mind and you use the promo code straws so that's issuu.com slash say your mind and use promo code straws so that will get you if you get a premium account or if you sign up for a premium account that will get you 50% off um, and that's amazing um, for everybody involved uh, that's issue.com slash say your mind with promo code straws you'll get yourself 50% off if you get yourself a premium account Otherwise, you just get your your usual account, set, set yourself up for free and go and make beautiful content. Anyway, let's get to Share Your Magnificence. So my first Share Your Magnificence for this week goes out to Dreamhampton. Dreamhampton is the one that put together the Surviving R. Kelly documentary. And for those of you who've seen, um, R. Kelly was convicted of so many counts. I'll get to that later on. But he was convicted of so many counts, I think, in New York. I could be wrong. And um, he's, I think that goes with a sentence of up to 100 years or so in um, prison. But I'll get to that anyway. R. Kelly will talk about later on. But I just wanted to big up Dreamhampton because it can't be easy to have lost so many friends in the industry. She literally had to move out of her actual home at one point because of how many like death threats and everything she was getting once the Surviving R. Kelly documentary came out. Like there's certain people who are married to your faves who don't talk to, who isn't, who aren't talking to her really till this day, or they're not really cool like that anymore because they saw her as one of the hip hop girls. And then she went against the hip hop code as they would see it by speaking up about the abuse that R. Kelly has inflicted upon so many um, women and girls um and now I think we heard the other day that actually some boys were involved as well so really just he was just abusive as fuck and it was really brave of her to bring these people forward to cover their story um and to see what she could do to support them even when it was um at risk of of her own safety so two slaps on your chest Dreamhampton for remembering the um you know the little black girls and um and who grew up to be women like for remembering them and not letting them feel so underprotected um I appreciate you and thank you for the work that you have done and I and I know that now people are calling for you to come and speak on these things and that must feel 
interesting, conflicting at times, but just know that you are truly, truly appreciated. So that was my first J Your Magnificence. And I've got, I think, two letters. We just got a letter. I've got so many. I'm trying to get through them nice and nice at a nice pace. This one says, uh, Dear Kalechi, Firstly, a massive thank you for continuously sharing yourself through the podcast and the weekly tarot readings. I feel much more in tune with myself and trust myself so much more. And the SYM card deck I bought is an incredible resource I use weekly and enables me to have so much more focus. Magnificence. After the last time I wrote in about my awful work issue where inclusivity is just ignored... I had lost a lot of confidence at work with everything going on, but I wanted to let you know that that I've resigned and will be starting a new job in a few months. I am magnificent and I'm very thankful that I listen to your readings every week because they give me all the joy and have really helped um, me trust my instincts. Not only will I be paid more, but the new team actually recognise why I will fit in and be good at the job. Two slaps on your chest as well for helping me get my confidence back up. I'm very excited for my future. A brown baby girl. Two slaps on your chest, baby girl. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on the new role. I pray that it brings you all of the contentment and all of the recognition that you desire and you deserve, you know. Go forth and do your thing. Really, really happy for you about that. And then what's my next share of magnificence? Let's see here. Just trying to move through them with pace. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, no, that's a, is that straw? So many. Ah, this inbox. Okay. Hey, Kalechi, I hope you're keeping well, healthy and blessed. I just want to say fuck Channel 4, but also your time is coming. By the way, in November slash late October, there's going to be an intense opposition with Mars in Scorpio opposing Uranus in Taurus and squaring Saturn in Aquarius. Collectively, lots of upheaval, but personally, there's opportunity for a serious breakthrough of some kind. If I'm not mistaken, you said you're an Aries ascendant, right? So there'll be a crisis potentially in your current resources or how you seek them out and hold on to them and how you share, receive resources from others. It will also look at how you gain pleasure and satisfaction from things like food, art, beauty, sex, occult slash spirituality. Despite the difficulty, the breakthrough will be that through your publicity, your groups, etc., your desire will start your desires will start materializing and your power will become even more omnipresent than it currently is. Mercury retrograde will be in your seventh house. Folks you've cut off will try to come back. <laughs> Some may try and restrict you to only speak in a certain way or only focus on a certain narrative that suits the image that they're trying to project. Chiron is still retrograde, so your inner child will be like, fuck no, I'm not giving up my personal intimate space and power without permission. Get fucked. And once retrograde ends, new relationships will help to make your visions clearer, particularly friendships and relationships, including business, where folks are also doing their shadow work as well as you. Just a little tidbit without knowing your charter intimately, but hope it helps you to keep going. And fuck Channel 4, and please don't feel you have to reply to shit regarding this paragraph. This is a small gift from me to you and I hope it resonates and serves as an additional powerful tool in your arsenal that's really really lovely because I already knew that so it was really nice to have that bit of um 
I guess a confirmation as well. And it's funny because that's why I ended up talking about um, for the, was it the air signs as well? Yeah, I was talking about it for the air signs as well. So yeah, it's great to have that confirmation, but you know, I'd be astrologizing in my spare time. Um, it's so interesting, honestly, it's the best. If you don't hear from me, usually it's because I'm learning something else, using my chart as the foundation um, and using other charts. If I'm like learning about synastry or composite charts, just learning the things. I think it's important to know enough yourself. So the information that you receive, you know how it lands rather than, you know, I'm always a believer in giving people the tools so they can do things for themselves, even if, or even when they still have to come to others who are more experienced, but at least the conversation flows better. So you're not always at, you know, ground zero with a lot of this stuff. Share your magnificence. It says here, First one is a shout out to Serena Williams, building another school, this time in Jamaica, my heritage, my ancestors mainly come from there. And I love that help is being given to the new generation. We're losing so many reggae legends, um, other notable Jamaicans retiring from their field of expertise. So it's important, the resources. Um, so the next up and coming generations, including myself, can keep Jamaica on the map through a transformed and elevated legacy. So big up Serena. Second magnificence goes to myself for how I'm handling and processing a lot of things while still being kind to myself, which is manifesting a beautiful synchronicity with the people that are now in my life, personally and professionally. I don't talk myself up enough sometimes. And then some assume that I only have passion when I'm angry without realizing that I alchemize and channel intense energy like, like anger into things such as joy, assertion, boundaries, initiating creative pursuits. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been dealing, um, navigating the way I do things several years ago. Uh, so I just want to hail myself for the growth and evolution. That's interesting because that's part of the reading. So I wonder what your sign is because that was part of the reading, reading that I did earlier. Um, and I'm actually going to read this bit, even though I would have saved it for So, so You Mad because we're transitioning into that shortly anyway. And this was the last letter. This is about the drama, Nine Perfect Strangers. Apologies if you have to read this later to avoid spoilers. I absolutely love it. The premise, the development, uh, perhaps due to a personal experience myself, but two things stuck out to me for, um, stuck out for me watching this week's episode. The black lady, Carmel. We find out that the cult leader, Masha, had an affair with Carmel's husband in the past. What bothers me is how that move trapped Carmel's character and her potential path. Either she gets angry at Masha and is seen as a savage without empathetically showing why she may be that angry, same as any other human being who happens to not be black, or the other option, which is that they close, uh, they chose to do in this episode, have Carmel fawning over Masha, saying she wants to study her in the hopes that maybe her ex will want her the same way he lusted after Masha. Really? How many narratives are out there where the black woman is seen as elevating through life by emulating the graces of a white woman, more so if she's blonde and very pale in complexion? Why can't Carmel believe in herself to create a new version of herself that doesn't want back her shitty ex, nor want to emulate a white woman it's sad as well as frustrating because the subliminal message that um that's there black women don't have their own identity that we're only noticed when we choose to serve the power structure that is whiteness um yeah i think that that's really interesting so i've watched all of um thank you for sending that in i think I, i've mentioned your uh, page before but that was sent in by Sekmet Visions if you haven't checked out their page already it's at Sekmet Visions um 
thank you for that. I've watched all of it now. So I think you wrote this before the last episode came out. And yeah, I, I mean, I still feel the same um, after watching the last episode. I think of all the characters, I think Regina Hall, not Regina King, Regina Hall did an incredible job. Like that woman can act, act. You know, like some people, when you see them start out in comedy, not that you don't need um, acting talent to do comedy, of course you do, but you just kind of think that, oh, that's what they can do. And although I've seen her in other things, wasn't she in Law Abiding Citizen or some other things? I've seen her in other things anyway. So I'm aware that she can act, but it was only when I saw her in Nine Perfect Strangers that I said, oh no, you are really good. Like you are really fucking good. I just didn't like how her character was written specifically. And yeah, it was that awkward thing of where they've placed her like some of you might not have watched it yet but nine perfect strangers is um nine people don't know each other um who apply to go to this retreat this spa and they go there and after a while discover that they're being given um psychosyllabin is it um it's like basically magic mushrooms but like in liquid form but it's microdosing so i think a while back i was asking if any of you actually microdose i would like to hear more about it because i'm really interested i'm intrigued um about what's possible there because i know that we don't use a lot of our brain and then it's separated like how we use our brain is also affected by daily life and i've heard like some great things about um psychosyllabin is that what how you pronounce it i've heard some great things about it so but also what this uh show does cover is what can happen if you take too much or raw uh, like it, it it does it the writing does focus a lot on the actual drug and um be, these people microdosing at this retreat and some of them using it to work through trauma and whatever else. But yeah, I just didn't like particularly how um, Carmel's character, like Carmel's character is one that it could have been played by any race, right? But the moment that you put a black actress in it, you've got to consider what those optics are and what that means for her. And it's only because there was one thing where they were doing something. I, I don't want to give too many. I don't want to give like spoilers or whatever. But there's something that they do with the way that she looks, right? That I'm like, oh, so basically this could have been played by anyone is what they were going for. Um, but yeah, I, I even, I felt like even the last episode was very rushed. Like, oh, and after we've done all of that, layers and layers and layers, get, get to the last episode and we're just going to dump them here. And they're going to, you know, and we'll go from there. So overall, I thought it was really great. I did enjoy it, but I did think that the same thing I said about behind her eyes, the moment you cast a black woman in something, we're going to have to consider what it means through the lens of black womanhood or through the filter of black womanhood. We're going to have to do that. Um, and Nicole Kidman's Russian accent, that's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. It was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all in all, great cast, great cast. That guy, something Shannon or whatever, he played Iceman, that assassin. Um, he's really good. I really enjoy his acting. Uh, Man Boy, who was in Snowfall, he's in this and he, it was good to see him play another role. Everyone was really good. Everyone was really, really good. Um, really enjoyed seeing everybody. Is it Melissa McCarthy? Is that her name? Like the range that she's giving, doing her thing. Really cute. All around, very, very cute. I did enjoy Nine Perfect Strangers. But yeah, that for me, the only, the main stumbling block that I uh, clocked was the same um, as um, the listener here. That, yeah, if you cast a black woman in something, you're going to have to think how that's going to look with it being a black woman basically and what narratives you're then pushing from then on 
But yeah, I mean, I think Regina Hall was one of the executive producers. So I would have hoped that she would have noticed and maybe she did and was okay with it. I don't know. Uh, but all in all, very interesting. I've been watching Squid Game. I've, I'm on episode two right now and I freaking love it. And I know that people are like, oh, if you like Squid Game, you should watch Alice in Borderland. So I watch that after. At the same time, I'm also watching Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Um, Sadiq recommended it to me. And he's somebody that knows my tastes like through and through, especially when it comes to like TV series. He knows me inside out, like what I'll like, what I will not like. And so he told me like, yeah, go and watch Kevin Can Fuck Himself on Amazon Prime. And it is my absolute bag, like dark comedy and just the way that they play with genres, kind of similar, faintly similar to what we saw in WandaVision, um, how they play about with genres. And um, when actually it's really incredibly sinister, fucking love it, fucking love it. Um, so yeah, I'm still working through um, Kevin Can Fuck Himself as well. Um, but yeah, great series. I, I got, I was watching Sex Education, the mums, I think I've watched all of Sex Education now, maybe, or maybe I haven't. But anyway, the mum's accent, um, Eric's mum's accent wasn't good. I'm so sorry, it wasn't good. And the reason I say that is because I, I love that all of us um, black actresses, people are booking jobs, booking roles and whatever else. But I just find it interesting that when it comes to things like Nigerian accents or this and that, even his surname, I don't know how we, did they give us a backstory about why he has a surname that's not Nigerian, but they're saying that they're Nigerian as a family? I don't know. Anyway, um, I just have a real issue with the fact that when I'm asked to do self-tapes, um, and I've got to do, for instance, an American accent, they are so particular with me about this American accent, but anybody can just do what they like when it comes to anything to do with blackness. And it just really bothers me, like, in terms of, like, West Africa, Africa as a continent generally, like, people can just do whatever accent they like, and it's going to wash. And I think that there just be, needs to be a bit more diligence when it comes to these things, because it's not cute, and it's really distracting if you are of that culture. Kind of like how certain people are lauded as great writers and authors, but then they write Nigerian characters in their books that wear gele just casually on a Tuesday for no reason but I won't draw for her today but you know she, if she wants to try me we can really go there um anyway I feel like that's that for share your magnificence slash moving into so you mad so um yeah might as well get into so you mad then I read that Portia and Cynthia from Real Housewives of Atlanta are leaving the show. So they both put out statements. They put out like press statements uh, last week. Um, I mean, Cynthia, will we really miss uh, 50 Cent? Will we really miss her? I feel like without uh, without Nini, she doesn't really have like a sturdy kind of story. And she's kind of come into her own, but at the same time, she annoyed, she annoyed me in certain things, like, when she had that altercation with Cynthia, sorry, when she had that altercation with Portia, when she had that altercation with Nini, or, like, their whole drama, and I, I think I find it really aggravating how she never feels capable of calling out Kenya when Kenya moves mad, I don't like that, like, you should be able to tell your friend if they're moving mad, so I just, I didn't like how she just let Kenya get away with wild, wild things, and Kenya's wild obsession with Portia, it's really sick, um, so Portia wrote, after 10 life-changing, gratifying, incredible years, it is finally time to begin my next chapter. Next season, I will not be returning to the Real Housewives of Atlanta franchise. This is this was a difficult decision to not 
only make, but also to come to terms with. It's one I've put a lot of thought into. And because of that, I know it's the right one. I want to thank Bravo, Truly Original and Andy Cohen for for this opportunity and all the show's producers, editors and assistants for working tirelessly every day to create our show. I have so much love and endless gratitude for my Bravo family and supporters. You've made the past decade a truly special one. One where I've dealt with unbelievably uh, un- unbelievable highs and unbelievable lows. And I can honestly say I would not have made it through some of them without the unconditional love and support I've gotten from all of you. Don't worry though, I'll be back on your TV very soon. I can't wait to share all of my exciting new endeavours with the world beginning with the release of my memoir, The Pursuit of Portia. <laughs> out on November 16th. As for the rest, you just have to wait and see. Love ya. Uh, hashtag the pursuit of Portia. Hashtag Decatur girl. Okay, girl. Um, so that was Portia's statement. And I, I know I saw Cynthia's one as well. Um, and made sure I saved that because I thought that they were interesting and how similar they, they are or were. Um, yeah. So Cynthia, Uh, Bailey said, uh, after much thought and consideration, I've made the very difficult and heartfelt decision to not return to the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Thank you, NBC Universal, Bravo, and the truly original for over a decade of partnership. I can't wait to see what we do next. Thank you to my Real Housewives of Atlanta castmates for 11 of the most unbelievable years of my life and the most incredible and unforgettable memories. I'm so grateful to have had this amazing journey and I'm anxiously waiting to embark on new adventures. Most importantly, thank you to my fans. I could not have done it without your blessings, love and support. Without the fans, none of this would have been possible. I love and appreciate you all. It's time to move on to my next chapter and I look forward to sharing it with you all. See you guys soon, Cynthia Bailey Hill. Um, Mike commented and he wrote, Mike is her husband, by the way, Mike Hill. He wrote, I'm so happy for you and excited for what's to come in your future, baby. I'm telling you the best years of your personal and professional life are in front of you. You were a huge brand before Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, why is it not loading? I wanted to see the, the, the very robust statement that he decided to really put on this page. Um, yeah, you were a huge brand before Real Housewives of Atlanta. And even though it helped put a spotlight on that brand, your name is only going to grow from here. Congratulations on 11 memorable years and for never compromising, keeping your classy brand intact. You conquered that. Now what else is going on? Let's find out. Let's build that dynasty. I'm beside you no matter what and always. Now, um, I just think that's an interesting statement because, you know, sometimes it's your family members that come to tell, that really come to spill a teeny bit of the tea. He keeps stressing this whole brand thing. And I think that what's happened behind the scenes is that um, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Andy Cohen and Bravo and all of them, man, don't want to pay more. They don't want to pay Cynthia and Portia more for being there. So maybe Candy, for instance, is happy with um, the rate that they're getting and she's happy to stay with that. But I have a feeling that maybe um, Cynthia and Portia asked for more because they've been one of the longest serving members of the cast. And they've been like, nah, sorry, we ain't got it like that, even though they've made so much money from these black women. So as much as they've written it and it's all amicable or whatever, I do feel like that's that there's that element of, well, we're going because you're not paying properly. However, I think that they are now going to come with their own shows where 
the money will make sense for what they're doing. So maybe it's like, I don't want to accept that money if I'm going to have to argue with random bitches and you're going to throw storylines at me and in terms like storylines in the form of curveballs that I'm not really prepared for and I'm not ready to stress myself out like that. And I feel like Mike also gives me the vibe that he doesn't really want um, Cynthia on the show like that anymore. And I would say it's the same for Portia as well because um, Portia's with that Guadiba guy, um, the Nigerian millionaire, or is he a billionaire? I think he's a millionaire. She's with that Nigerian guy now that she she got from um, Fallon. Um, so she's he's not really going to want her out there like that, especially not near any other bolos. So um, yeah, there, it feels like there are other bits, but they're going to do their own shows that um, on their own terms where the money will make sense in that regard because they already know how much Bravo was giving them before so it's like give me this but give it for me give it to me to do my own shit I don't want to be doing it to now be arguing back and forth with some other women but you know Godspeed to them. Like they've entertained me for years at this point. So, you know, we welcome growth. We welcome new opportunities. Like let them go and do what's, uh, what's next for them. Um, Nini has been gone for a minute. Uh, I don't know if Eva's going to still be there. I don't know if I'm really going to watch now that all of these lot are gone. Cause I really can't stand Kenya. So I definitely would not want to watch it to see Kenya. Candy is very particular about what she shares and doesn't share. So that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to bring Phaedra back to spice things up. Yeah, I just don't know what they're going to be doing at this point. Like, who are they going to bring through? And I feel like Mike is, I've got to go back to Mike's statement. It was really lovely that he said that Cynthia had a brand before that, but let's all be serious. Like, no no shade to Cynthia, um, especially not with um, Bailey's lenses or Bailey's glasses or whatever her gla sunglasses are called. Um but yeah, I think that the show did really, really help her and it really helped her because she didn't have a personality for a really long time. And that show, Nini really did carry on her back for a while. So yeah, I just think like, let's all be truthful basically, but I'm really happy for her. She's really grown um, within that um, space and now she's on to go and do other things. So, you know, kudos to her. So that was my first, So You Mad. And then is this a letter? Do I have a letter? what's this letter let's see um so many oh and thank you heather for my bits thank you for my um purchasing a massage for me i'm gonna have to use it during my birthday week at some point i really appreciate that love getting um gift vouchers for getting a massage with pauline that's always amazing um i don't know <laughs> i i will sort this thing out eventually i don't know what i've been doing here but I will sort it out eventually. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll come back to the letter. Maybe that's a sign. I'll come back to the letter. Anyway, next uh, up, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia are having to pay out um, two million to a woman who, during um, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, they uh, the police dragged her out of her car and uh, were beating her, and then they took her son away from her. Um it's just wild. They took her son away from her. And next thing you know, her son's been used, um, a baby boy has been used as part of a PR campaign to be like, oh, look at how the police are looking after black children, even during these uprisings and rah, rah, rah. Meanwhile, that child was never part of any uprisings. His mum just took a turn, ended up being in, like in her car 
in the midst of everything that was happening, you dragged her out of the car, beat her senseless and took her child. And the photographer caught that and you started plastering it everywhere. Like you care about black people. Oh, the police force across the world makes me sick. Um, Anyway, let's see what it says here. It says here, the city of Philadelphia reaches a $2 million settlement with Rakia Young, a woman beaten by police uh, during unrest. Um, it says here, uh, where is it? Yeah, so this happened um, after the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. The incident with police left Rakia Young bloodied, her car bashed in and landed her in jail, separated from her child. She says, I hope the officers uh, responsible will never have the chance to do something like this to another person. Young's lawyers um, say that this is the first time the city has paid a settlement this large for a non-fatal incident. At the time, Young was driving with her two-year-old son and 16-year-old nephew. Her lawyers say she just picked up, picked up her nephew in West Philly, born and raised, no, sorry, um, who was um, fearful of the growing tension between police and those protesting the killing. Her SUV got caught in the middle of the ruckus and that's when her lawyers say responding police bashed her windows in, got her on the ground and beat her with their batons and then arrested her. They violently yanked Miss Young from the vehicle and physically beat her, causing significant injuries. A now viral photo of a police officer holding her child was posted by the National Fraternal Order of Police with a caption saying, officers saved the child that um, Young and her attorney said was political propaganda. For them to portray me as the type of mom who didn't care where her child was while chaos was happening all around was very, very hurtful. Young and her lawyer say that this is more, uh, more than about the money. They're now asking the district attorney to file charges against every officer that was involved. Our physical injuries may heal, but the pain of seeing those images of my son in the arms of an officer and the horrible caption written to describe that picture may never heal, Young said. They need to be held responsible. They're also su suing the National Fraternal Order of Police. Aggravated assault, recklessly endangering another person, simple assault, Thomas Fitzpatrick said. This was nothing more than an attack that would, have, that would be perpetrated by any random street thug and they should be treated just the same. I agree. As for young son, he remains traumatized. He, he's already showing fear of police. He's afraid of the dark, loud noises from the banging on the windows, smashing in the glass. He's easily startled now. Um, the Philadelphia mayor, Jim Kenney, he said, the experience that Rakia Young and others with her went through while driving on October 27th, 2020, following the police shooting of Walter Wallace Jr. and unrest was absolutely appalling. This terrible incident, which should have never happened to anyone, only further strained the relationship between the police department and our communities. The officers' inexcusable actions that in, that evening prompted an immediate and thorough investigation of the incident and for personnel to be disciplined and held accountable for their egregious conduct. Did they get fired, though? Did they get to keep their pension? These are the things I want to know. I hope that the settlement and the investigations into the police officer's actions bring some measure of closure to Ms. Young and her family. Um, the police commissioner, Danielle Outlaw, you really are an outlaw, um, issued a statement regarding the incident. Um, they said, while tensions were high during the unrest that followed the police-involved shooting of Walter Wallace Jr. What do you mean police-involved? The police shot him. So you could have just said that. And myself, along with the law enforcement community, demand that officers exhibit the utmost professionalism, decorum and poise while interacting with members of the public. 
The behavior that occurred during the interaction between Rakia Young, her nephew, her son, and some of the officers on the scene violated the mission of the Philadelphia Police Department. As a matter of fact, the ability for officers and supervisors on the scene to defuse the situation was abandoned, and instead of fighting crime and the fear of crime, some of the officers on the scene created an environment that terrorized Rakia Young and her family and other members of the public. Meanwhile, Philadelphia police say two officers were fired as a result of this incident. In addition, 14 other officers are waiting disciplinary hearings. Um, that's really, really um, interesting to me. But it's like, you know what? They felt like we did, really did something there. We really, really did something there. I want all 14 of them fired, FYI. I want them all fired and I don't want them to get their pensions. It's really that simple because getting beaten by police is one thing. Like nobody would ever want to experience that. But you now have beaten me black and blue, damaged, destroyed my car. And then now the next thing, I open my eyes and you're parading my son across the internet, holding him, like my two-year-old son holding him, like, oh, this is how the police protect the black community. We're not just out here killing black men and boys. We're also protecting them too. Meanwhile, you've just beat down the mum. Nah, sorry. Everybody would get it. I would want everybody lined up because now I'm going to hit you all with batons. That's what's going to happen because no, that is disgusting. And again, this is why when I see them videos of police whining on people at carnival or like, I don't know, shaking hands and laughing or pop locking and dropping with the community, I don't buy it. I don't buy it because you could do as much great PR as you want. The fact is the police is still a very violent, detrimental force to, to a lot of communities. And it's really that simple. Um, so I'm glad that Rikia Young is getting something, something for this. And I know that it's beyond money. And I think me personally, I think that 2 million is very, very small. So I know that they say it's the largest payout that they've had, um, for, um, an incident that hasn't been fatal, but that's even more of a reason why you should pay more because fam, you're lucky I survived. Give me all of your money all of your money immediately because that was just wild behavior all around. So next up on So You Mad, um, so I read that Will Smith, uh, article for, you know, he appeared in the GQ, uh, magazine. And, um, first of all, I don't know if I'm a fan of the photos. I don't know if it's the lens or something that's used, but his head looked really weirdly shaped. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I enjoyed that. But uh, apart from the bits where he talked about how basically Jada Pinkett Smith had to put all of her bits on hold for him because he was filming his stuff. Um, and I feel like the, those are sometimes, I think that that speaks to sometimes the compromise that comes from being in a relationship sometimes. So, but then going to find um, her white relatives in her from her family tree who basically owned her black relatives, that's a bit weird um but he acknowledged that that was very much about ego and stuff and so he strikes me as not having been a very like kind or emotionally aware person in his younger years I can't I don't know if it's changed in his older years um and he very much credits Willow as being the person that's kind of like helping him get himself together and he did also allude to that the entanglement stuff when he did Red Table Talk with Jada and about how, like, it wasn't just Jada that also had sexual affairs. Because I think, like, they've pretty much had this, like, Hollywood vibe for a long time. Or people have kind of alluded to the fact that they've had an open marriage. Or they've had an open marriage for quite a while. So, I don't think it was 
yeah, that much of a thing. I think it's just because August, this, um, Alcina decided to really go and stretch his throat to really be talking about things. Um, and he said that his eyes were red, like when he, because I remember talking about the show about how just dejected and tired he looked, but he was saying that they were recording at midnight and they were going on holiday the next day and he was just exhausted generally, but obviously became a meme and he had to roll with it. But I think he did very much want to clear up for ego's sake as well. And maybe just for clarity about the fact that it wasn't only Jadar that was stepping out because they, you know, it wasn't that sort of thing. And it seems like they'd really kind of, plotted along for years um and I think that their marriage is reflective of a lot of marriages where they just kind of it's a business agreement you know for like primarily and they just go along with it and they have to find their emotional fulfillment elsewhere and I to me that just seems dry I wouldn't want that I feel like if you're gonna be married you want to feel like fulfilled in that space, as well as other spaces as well, um, in terms of your life generally and the things that bring you joy. But to just be like, yeah, well, my marriage is just my marriage and like, I'm just going to be doing all of these other things. Yeah. I mean, whatever works for people in it. But for me, the main part that stood out to me was when he was talking about this new film or this new series that he's got or whatever, that's going to be on Apple TV. And apparently Apple TV are really paying the money. So boy, I feel like a few of us might need to holler at them. But there were, um, he says that he took the script to um, Apple during the panoramic after the killing of George Floyd. And I feel like it's important that he made that um, distinction as well, because a lot of people got their work greenlit because of all the guilt that the white society was feeling after the murder of George Floyd. So they were just saying yes to a lot of things. And some of those things are going to come out. And we'll be like, what the fuck? But at the end of the day, I support mediocrity. If you want to put out your thing, put out your thing. If that's the way that you got it through, that's cool. Just don't talk on my things when the only way that you were able to get your things through was through that channel. But, um... He says here, in a golden era for black talent in Hollywood, when funding is available for projects that would once have been overlooked, well, really, because you're still following a slavery narrative and they love a slave story. Um, Smith sees no sense in wondering if um, the apple is poisoned. I just want to encourage black Americans to take the acknowledgement and seize upon the present global opportunities. Uh, Smith continued, I would just like us to argue less about certain things and pay attention to the big ripe fruit. But you're saying that you're not worrying if the fruit is poisoned or if the apple is poisoned, but if it is poisoned, it's going to kill you. And I think that it's only certain like black men, certain black celebrities that can really get away with this rhetoric because like, you know, that at the end of the day, you're not going to be the one who's grossly affected by whether the apple is poisoned or not. And you're talking about big ripe fruit and they're going to give to people like you where, where there are other creatives who aren't getting a look in in the way that they should. But anyway, um, the uh, journalist goes on to say, naturally, I asked him which certain things we should be arguing less about, prompting Smith to slow his sentences and consider his words carefully. This is a pitfall area, he told me, before diving into one of the more contentious semantic debates on um, in contemporary politics. He goes to say, so abolish the police, defund the police. I would love if we could just say defund the bad police. It's almost like I want, as black Americans, for us to change our marketing for the new position we're in. So critical race theory, just call it truth theory. 
Smith said. The pendulum is swinging in our direction beautifully, and there's a certain humility that will most that will most capitalize on the moment for the future of Black Americans without discounting the difficulty and pain and the emotion. This is a difficult area to discuss, but I feel like the simplicity of Black Lives Matter was perfect. Anybody who tries to debate Black Lives Matter looks ridiculous. So when I talk about the marketing of our ideas, Black Lives Matter was perfection. From a standpoint of getting it done, Black Lives Matter gets it done. Defund the police doesn't get it done. No matter how um, good the ideas are, he continued, I'm not saying we shouldn't defund the police. I'm saying just don't say that because then people who would help, um, who would help you won't. Um, I think that that is really bad. It's just a really flawed line of thinking really flawed. And I wish he'd run that by Willow before he went um, to say that because you literally your children are doing so much to um, be part of the change. And then you're just coming and opening your, your lips and saying things that should have been kept inside the lips. Um, he gives Black Lives Matter as an example of something that was marketed well. If you and, and you know, it is so crass that really, as a black celebrity, a black male celebrity, he really does get to look at it like that, like just in terms of marketing, giving very much Obama vibes in the same thing. Like some people will argue with you and be like, but I don't see what he said wrong. And that's fine. You can be right. And I can see what he said wrong. And I can also be right. It is really that simple. Um, Saying that Black Lives Matter works as a marketing, um, you know, ploy um, and got the message across is really interesting because actually for the longest time, people were still arguing that all lives matter. They didn't even understand Black Lives Matter either. You understand it because it makes sense to you. So just say that defund the police or abolish the police doesn't make sense to you rather than making it out like, oh, well, no, it's just different to how Black Lives Matter was um, um, put forward. And instead of saying defund the police, why don't we say defund the bad police? Well, that's what we are saying because all police are bad. Uh, what are you not understanding? Especially when you're based in America, like um, police grew from slave patrols. So there is no way that they could ever be good, right? So you saying, just say defund the pa bad police. I mean, if you, what you're saying is, oh, let's prioritize white feelings. I feel like when him and Jada break up, he's going to be with a white woman. Because I heard like um, rumors of who he was dating during his marriage anyway, um, that he worked with. But I just feel like this is the kind of thing that black men say when they are with certain types of, what well, certain black men say when we're, they're with white women. Like, this is the kind of narrative that they try to come out with. I'm not saying all black men that date white women. I'm saying that there is a oh, there's a specific type. He's very much giving me Terry Crews energy as well. I just feel like there's something about black men in Hollywood where they start doing the work of um, white supremacists by twisting and convoluting terms. So then you just give up on it. Defund the police, abolish the police is very, very clear. It's very clear in what it says. And if somebody gets upset because they don't like what that means, then that's on them. That's on them because that means that they haven't actually done their research into what the police essentially is and what it grew from. Because if they did, they would understand that there's no way that you can reform it because at its very core, like its very conception, it was already flawed. It was already a white supremacist imagining. So it's only going to serve a white supremacist reality, right? So it, I don't know what he was really struggling with there, but... I don't like it. And I just think that 
I don't know what it is. Is it the curse of GQ that these men will do these interviews and they will just say the most wayward things? It was like when Anthony Joshua did his GQ interview, um, and was it Skeptar did his one? Like they just come out and say things, and you're just like, this was better left unsaid literally like you're just showing yourself in a way that you don't need to be showing yourself and I feel like um, they've come some way since or maybe they've just been told to be quiet if those are still their views but it does feel like the curse of GQ that these men just come out and say like really really wayward things that really annoy me but they're insulated also from the effects of the, the the kind of rhetoric that they put forward when they do do these interviews. And no matter how good your publicist is, if you, for instance, have predominantly, I don't know, white publicists, you're going to trip up at some point because there's only so much that they know and you will show your ass, which is what I feel like Will Smith did in this situation, it's not about changing the term. If you know what the premise is and you know what people are trying to get across, the fact is people are going to be willfully ignorant either way. Defund the bad police is a stupid, it's a stupid statement. It's a very, very stupid statement. Um, so I don't think it should be changed to that. And you shouldn't be tone policing people or rhetoric policing people. If you get it, you get it. The the ones who don't, they don't. But the, the, the point still remains. It really is that simple. So yeah, there was that um, GQ article and then I just laughed when I saw um, that post about whatever artist that was, that was paid by an art gallery, thousands and thousands of um, dollars, was it? to uh, pr uh, do a piece for the gallery um, or for the museum, whichever one it was. And um, he delivered a blank canvas. And I just thought, well, you know what, genius, because some people have delivered less, even though they splattered paint on their canvases, they've delivered less. And that is a true testament to what we have to deal with in society. Um, because there's true, there's true real art. And then there's just pretentious fuck shit that people get paid a hell of a lot for. Um, and I think that that was a testament to that, really. And I know, I, well, I heard that the gallery or museum, they're asking for their money back, but you can't ask for the money back because this is my creation. I gave you a blank canvas, but it's my creation and you will have to see the meaning in that from the title that I gave you. Deal with it. So I just thought of all the mad things, those are the, those are the mad things in pop culture and current affairs or whatever that I wanted to cover. And now we can move on to the more serious, girthy um, um, discussions of um, Straw of the Week, a.k.a suck your mum but before we do i'll pick up the second of this week's show sponsors who are express vpn express vpn so we're back with express vpn um sponsoring the episode being cute as always um did you ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode hmm well, it says that your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school or your internet service provider. How can they even call it incognito? To really stop people from seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. I basically use ExpressVPN not because I want to be on a burner sending people bullshit um, or looking at things that I shouldn't be looking at, um, or being a police officer moving mad. Um, no, I use ExpressVPN because I like to watch things in different countries, basically. And, um, that makes it easy to have access to all of the other things. And when Insecure comes out on the 24th of October, it will be very, very easy for me to watch it because I've got ExpressVPN. Uh, so think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, a hotel, or even at your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the admin of that network. And that's still true even when you're in incognito mode. 
I mean, do you really want your parents to see what you've been looking at? What's more, your home internet provider can also see and record your browsing data. And in the US, they're legally allowed to sell that data to advertisers. So ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all of your network data and reroutes it through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays just that private. ExpressVPN works on all of your devices and is super easy to use. The app is um, literally fired up with just one button. You tap it to connect and your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes. So stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com forward slash straws. That is expressvpn.com forward slash straws. Um, use that to get an extra three months free when you sign up. That's expressvpn.com forward slash straws. Go and check it out to learn more. Now let's get on with straw of the week. So my first straw of the week goes out to HMP Bronzefield. That's a prison where prison guards, um, but not the mother got counseling after a baby died in a cell. So I would say trigger warning for baby loss, pregnancy loss at this point, I would advise you to come back in about, uh, eight minutes. Um, you know, skip ahead eight minutes from this, but, um, a vulnerable 18 year old whose baby died after her calls for help were ignored as she gave birth alone in a prison cell was not provided with bereavement support, but the prison guards who failed to get her medical assistance were offered counseling. The details were buried in a devastating report from a prison watchdog uh, published last week, that's two weeks ago now, that described how the teenager was found in bed cradling her dead baby more than 12 hours after pressing her cell bell and telling staff at the privately run HMP Bronzefield that she needed an ambulance. It has also emerged since the report's publication that those who ignored her calls for assistance remain working at the prison in Ashford, Surrey. The young woman in prison for the first time was on remand facing a charge of robbery. She went into labour and records show that on the evening of the 26th of September 2019, she called for help three times, but none came. By 11pm, she was in constant pain and unable to reach her cell bell. After passing out, she came round to find her baby girl was there, but not breathing. She bit through the umbilical cord. Lord! and tried to wipe the blood from her cell before climbing into bed. The prison and probation ombudsman, Sue McAllister, listed a catalogue of failures and found maternity services at Bronzefield were outdated and inadequate. Despite overnight checks by guards, the baby's death was discovered only after two prisoners raised the alarm. The nurse was called but failed to resuscitate the infant. Staff were later offered support from external counsellors. But shockingly, the PPO report found police and coroner involvement immediately after baby A's death and a lack of understanding by the prison of the role of the local child death review team meant that Miss A did not receive the routine bereavement and practical support that would normally be provided. McAllister said Miss A was regarded as having a bad attitude rather than a vulnerable 18 year old who refused care because she was frightened her baby would be taken away. She even told a nurse she would kill herself if her baby was taken into care, but the prison failed to step up monitoring. The um, inquest, uh, uh, the charity known as Inquest said that their view of her, that the prison's view of her as a difficult woman informed her treatment, both during the pregnancy and the subsequent ignoring of cell bells. 
The further complete contempt of her case in not providing the bereavement counselling is indicative of a wider culture at Bronzefield, which is supposed to be a trauma-informed prison. Miss A had entered the prison on 14th of August 2019, with a nurse noting she had asthma, a chest infection, and looked pregnant. Seven months earlier, she'd been assigned looked-after child status by Camden Social Services in London. Um, the uh, charity inquest said... The key question we need to ask is why she was in prison in the first place. She could and should have been kept safely in the community. The report revealed Miss A was released on bail on 17th of October 2019, but it was unclear as to why she was not granted bail in the first instance. It was also it has also come to light that another prisoner from HMP Bronzefield gave birth to a full-term stillborn baby in an ambulance on the way to hospital in December 2017. The cases raise vital questions about the safety of pregnant prisoners and their unborn babies. One new mother who was served who served six and a half who who served half of a six month sentence while pregnant told the observer it's an extremely toxic place. I was um I suffered with depression and cried every day. I worried the stress would cause a miscarriage. Um Olivia, who was sentenced for a first-time offence at eight weeks pregnant, declined to name the prison, but uh, described the experience that, that left her suffering from PTSD. She said, The toilet was open inside my shared cell, which was hard when you're dealing with morning sickness. I was asked to clean the loose, and heavily pregnant women were forced to sweep the floor. It's just not a safe place for pregnant women. On one occasion, when she had uh, a bleed, she requested a nurse, but was given no privacy. She wanted me to open my legs with the cell door wide open and male guards standing outside she recalled i was terrified i'd lost the baby um, i was terrified i'd lost the baby and had to wait five days to see a midwife um the organizations level up women in prison and birth companions have launched a petition calling for the end to the imprison um, the imprisonment of preg uh, pregnant women um, the chief executive of um, one of these uh, campaigns, Women in Prison, or organisation, said the government can prevent another tragedy and strengthen the law to stop imprisoning pregnant women to ensure that the sentencing guidelines, which require courts to consider pregnancy and the best interests of children in sentencing decisions, are consistently applied. Uh, the latest Ministry of Justice figures show that 31 women gave birth during a prison sentence in the year March 2020, um, in the year to uh, March 2021, while 28 gave birth in hospital and none were born in cells. Three were delivered en route to the hospital. Um, the Ministry of Justice says that improvements have been made since the death of Ms. A's baby. These include all women having free phone access to local NHS privacy uh, pregnancy advice services and increased monitoring in the third trimester. Uh, Vicky Robinson, who's a pussy clerk clearly, and also the director of HMP Bronzefield, said that the prison had been working to implement a raft of recommendations made by the Ombudsman. She confirmed an internal inquiry and disciplinary investigations had taken place and appropriate steps had been taken with the staff but what ex what what disciplinary and what's been taken what appropriate steps have been taken when the people who were there that night on shift are still working what are you talking about vicky what are you talking about miss robinson you do, that makes no sense whatsoever but um i saw this and it really really um 
upset me because first of all if it was pop if it was possible to grant this 18 year old bail after she'd suffered the tragedy of having to birth her child and her child die and then her having to bite through the umbilical cord fam what the fuck she had to do all of that and then you could grant her bail because you realized that you traumatized her irreparably right but i hope that she finds some solace um in the name of all that is great and holy like I am disgusted. HMP Bronzefield, Vicky Robinson, all of you that were involved, you can go suck your mother's dry. From the moment that she arrived um, and you were like, oh, you know, she's got asthma, she's got a chest infection and she looks pregnant, that should have told you that this is not the environment for her to be in. Chest infection, infection during a pandemic as well. Is it right that she was ever in there in the first place? It was a first time offence for robbery. And let me tell you now, whatever, I, I'm sure if you've been listening to all the things that I've read, we all have the slight inkling that this girl is black. We must all have the slight inkling that this girl is black because the moment that they said bad attitude and they will start, they were saying that, oh, you know, she was difficult. That I feel like we're talking about a black girl. I could be wrong, but I've heard that rhetoric too many times. I've heard that trope too many times to not think that it's a black girl that we're talking about in this situation. Like, imagine having to go through that. Because if it was a white girl for robbery, I don't know what the nature of the robbery was, but I don't know if she'd be getting a prison sentence like that. And then what's the point of sending people to prison for six months? If it's like, I, I don't feel like prisons are working at all anyway. I've already said that on the show. But to send them there for six months, really? Is that, what's the point? Just a waste of money. What is the point? And then they're pregnant on top of that. I mean, I don't know how long her um, her prison term was. I must have skipped past it or maybe didn't um, absorb it. But all of that was happening and you could have just let her go or let her go on bail all of this time, but you kept her on remand even while she was pregnant, only for all of that to happen. She needs to sue your class. She needs to sue you up and down. She needs to sue you from bronze to nothing because bronze is already lowest anyway. You're not silver field. You're not gold field. She needs to sue you to you're just a field yeah you need to be sued because that is horrendous and i just have this strong inclination that she's black and that is why they allow for something like that to happen but wherever you are baby girl i i pray that you're healing um i pray that some kind of respite or you're being given some the kind of support that you um that you require to help you through all of the traumas that through your life that got you to this point and and the trauma of this point in time and that i pray that your future is brighter and that you know love and that you know peace um and r.i.p to your baby girl um but you know for hmp bronzefield and vicky robinson that runs it fuck all of you lot fuck all of you lot and go suck out and all the prison officers that you were there that day or that night may you never know peace you absolute pieces of shit you useless pricks you cunts may you never know peace and you should suck your mother's dry and i hope that when it's your time when you see that bright light that your call is ignored and you go straight to where? To an eternity of just misery because you're already there right now anyway. That's the only thing that could allow you to do such. Not even thinking about the idea of heaven and hell. I'm just thinking about the fact that I hope that you're reincarnated as an ice lolly that falls on the floor and somebody steps on it and then a dog comes by, licks it and then shits on it. That is what I want for your lives, you pieces of shit. Um, so that's my first straw of the week. Um, my second straw of the week goes out to anybody, anybody defending R. Kelly, whether directly or indirectly, because people have been doing the most amount of mental gymnastics, uh, mental gymnastics to write really, really vague things about R. Kelly. And it sounds like from reading what they've written and my level of comprehension, like they're really trying to 
bypass the trauma that the um that the victims have gone through to move to oh yeah but r kelly was abused too so when will we hold space for him to support him can you fuck off can you fuck off forever you stupid pieces of dirt what about the people that he's actually hurt like yes i know that hurt people hurt people and he had you know all of these instances of abuse but when he got um off his uh what is it rape case in 2004 he had every chance then to be like you know what i'm going through things let me go and get support but he never did because the amount of money and the amount of like notoriety that he had for his reputation and his music meant that he could just bypass any sort of um um accountability for his violence and people supported him so apart um, aside from the fact that he has now received this sentencing i think primarily in new york and there are still other states to go i just feel like it's one thing for him to be sentenced but i want everybody who was also part of this to also be brought to light as well and i really feel like some of your faves are going to get called out i really do feel that way because they've been knowing it says here um the jury found r kelly guilty of racketeering in a sex trafficking case involving a scheme to recruit and sexually abuse women girls and boys he faces up to 20 years in prison under the racketeering charge alone um, they found him guilty on all counts in his New York sex trafficking case. They include racketeering, which includes kidnapping, forced labor, bribery, and eight violations of Man Act, a sex trafficking statute. So in total, he faces, faces up to a maximum of hundred years in prison for that. Um, it says that he was found guilty of a decades-long scheme to recruit and sexually abuse women and children. Six accusers who testified were underage at the time of abuse. First time um, faced charges for marriage um, to Aliyah when she was 15 and also made her have an abortion as well that time. Um, and faces more uh, sex crime charges, I think, in um, is it uh, Minnesota and Illinois? I could be wrong. Um so yeah, I think that it's the first time that charges have been brought against him regarding Aaliyah and it needs to happen because you knew what you were doing was wrong when you had to forge um, a document about her age so you can marry her when she was 15, about age ain't nothing but a number. You know what else is nothing but a number? That prison term that you're going to see through to you die, you bitch. Um, and you know, that's in the US sense, but there are certain DJs over here that still need to be held to account for all of their interactions with underage girls at unis and secondary schools and all sorts but again they're being protected and nobody wants to go there because they've been moving slimy moving moving wild and um, snaky for decades but your own time is coming to you bitch um but yeah so to read that and to be like you know what that is what the motherfucker deserves and um, people have been trying to um, cover the story for ages and they were getting shut down. So like I said, and share your magnificence, big up Dream Hampton for saying what needed to be said and making um, Surviving R. Kelly um, as a series so people knew and they couldn't continue to ignore what was happening. Although people still try to talk around it. Maybe Will Smith can come up with um, another term for us in case Surviving R. Kelly isn't useful. Um yeah, it says here, R. Kelly's conviction represents a major Me Too moment for black women because, you know, we've been wanting that. So even though Tarana Burke was the one that started the hashtag, it's white women that have been using it for their own gains and um, amplifying the, their experiences and rightly so. But then it just turned into this whole thing where people were like, oh, we're wearing black dresses at these um, um, 
award ceremonies and I'm like okay but uh there are still real things that need to be done but all right girl um it says here in the New York Times that this is a culmination this is the culmination of the movement of so many women who have been trying for so long to have their voices heard and um and um, that was written by um, Oronike um, Odeleye, who is the co-founder of a movement to boycott R. Kelly. Um, and I think maybe it was part of um, Mute R. Kelly as well. Um, it's just something that needed to be done. And I'm just still looking at all of those people like Taraji P. Henson and all of those people who really were coming with, oh, but, you know, he's done so much. And, and this is the um, the man trying to take him down. They're trying to take him down. No, he took himself down. He took himself down to the ground. Yeah, that wasn't anyone else. Toot, toot, beep, beep. He did that by himself. Yeah, he put the key in the ignition of his own demise. Nobody else. He did that. All right. Um. I I just hate it all. I really, really, truly just hate it all. And if you needed further confirmation, the fact that Bill Cosby is even opening his own decrepit mouth to talk about he supports R. Kelly tells you everything that you need to know because birds of a feather rape together. So, you know, I'm not surprised that he's like, oh, I don't think he's done anything wrong. But bitch, you only got off because of a failure in the system when you um you were singing like a canary about other things in the past. That's the only reason that you got off. You actually admitted that you drugged women. So I don't know why you specifically are talking. Um, And then I saw that Chuck D um, uh, tweeted and he didn't even take it down because he really thought he was doing something here, but he got ratio to Bumba. He said, abused in his youth, an addict as an adult, Ike Turner served 18 months in prison. Rick James did similar time. Ike came out a change positive human being. How long should R. Kelly spend in prison? And does a USA system give a man a chance for a man to change his world around? What this is literally the day that they announced the sentencing. So what are the or the um or the conviction? So what are you doing right now? What do you think? Okay, Ike Turner. So wait, you listed all the men that abuse women and have beaten them, and then you've gone. Oh well, how long should R Kelly get? Because you know, and and you know, how long should someone get when they're a changed person? But he's not a changed person. Why are you preempting a change that the man? He's not even remorseful for the things that he's done. He said that he's going to fight all of this. He's not remorseful, but you're doing the remorse, like the remorse for him. What is this? Why? When will black men take the abuse that black women and girls are subjected to? When will they take it seriously? Fam, you even need to take the abuse of black boys seriously. All of that is right in your face. But it's R. Kelly that you want to cape for. Oh, my God. The Oh, God. What a mess. Um, and then he came back to say, it's not a sympathetic question at all, not the least. Well, no, it is. You're really trying it. And in the comments, he was really trying to backtrack and be like, oh, I'm just trying to have a healthy conversation. On the day, on the day of the conviction, when 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 blood is still wet in the streets, this is what you decided to pull from your heart? Disgusting. And again, it's because the, the way that people trivialise the abuse of uh, black women and girls... That is how you can come uh, on the day that people are feeling so many things. That is how you can come forward and be like, oh, let's have a healthy debate about what, um, how much punishment R. Kelly should really get. Just say that you, you don't see anything wrong with what he's, he's done and go. But now that they've announced that, oh, R. Kelly said that he's going to um, speak up about some other people um, now that he's facing 100 years or whatever. 
or at least 100 years, I don't know, but he's going to sing and he's going to talk about other people. I'm like, you know what? Let us know everybody because this um, Saturn and Jupiter doing their bits in Aquarius, let us know everybody, whether it's your faves, boo, whatever, let us know everybody so we know where we stand. And I know that there will still be women out there that will still support them because they're pieces of shit as well as women. But let us, at least the rest of us know so we know where what we're doing with ourselves henceforth. Um... So that's that. And um, so, yeah, a big straw to everybody supporting him. Big straw to Chuck D. Big straw to R. Kelly himself. I hope he chokes, passes out, dies. Um, but then my final straw of the week goes out to the Metropolitan Police. <laughs> Shock horror. And their comms team. So we discovered some... We were privy to some harrowing news um, last week about the last kind of day, hours of um, Sarah Everard's life. Rest in peace, um, Wayne Cousins, the policeman, I'm not saying ex-police, the policeman that, um, abducted her, raped her, um, then I think cut her to pieces and then burnt her remains. Um, and he strangled her as well. Yeah, then he did that. He did all of the most horrific things to this, um, young woman and only for the police to come out and be talking about, oh, um, well, I think it was Simon Harding, one of them, some DCI. He was like, oh, well, the rest of us police officers don't view Wayne Cousins as a police officer. It doesn't matter what you view him as. You might need to go to Specsavers because he definitely is a police officer. He was able to do the things that he did to, uh, to Sarah Everard because of his status as a police officer. And, you know, it says that he um, arrested her. He, he, he arrested her when she was walking home, she thought she was arrest, being arrested for um, violating COVID um, guidelines or COVID rules and being out or whatever. So she didn't question him. And she got in, he handcuffed her and put her in the car. And passers-by say that they did see that happen. They saw him handcuff her and they thought, oh, it must be a plainclothes police officer. She must have done something wrong. And this is why I keep stressing the unquestionable power that police have in a lot of situations. To me, it's absolutely fucked absolutely fucked he wasn't in a police car when he took her he was just in a car but you saw a white man with a handcuff and you went yeah it must be must be a plainclothed and um, police officer again it's the um the um authority that's afforded to white men in these situations primarily and also the the um authority that's just afforded the unquestioned authority that's afforded to the police it's, it's just a mess. And because he'd been doing COVID patrols, he knew what to say to her to get her into the car and take her away. And I just feel for her. I feel for her family. In those last moments of her life, like when did she clock that raw, I'm going to die? Like that has really made me feel so unsettled for the past... Couple, for the past week, I felt extremely unsettled just imagining in my mind what that must have been like for her. And I don't wish that on anybody. My God... And when I say rest in peace, I really mean it because what kind of energy, what kind of, what must that have been like for her? And only for the police to now come like, oh, we don't view him as a police officer. You better fucking view him as a police officer. And then um, one woman that's on TV, what's her name now? Um, she was talking some shit too. Um, what was her wayward tweet? She said something like, oh, well, if we hadn't, this is it, Kirsty Alsop. Jeremy Vine must have tweeted, no, so let's go from the beginning. The Met Police tweeted, 
Wayne Cousins will be sentenced for the kidnap, rape and murder of Sarah Everard over the next two days. We're sickened, angered and devastated by his crimes. They betray everything we stand for. Really? We recognise his actions raise many concerns. We'll comment further when the hearing is complete. So um, Wayne Cousins has now been sentenced to these, um, the ent- an entire life in prison. So he will never, ever get parole. He'll never get any of that. Like he will die in prison, basically. And as much as I say, like prisons are this and prisons are that, good. That is where you believe, that is where you, that's where you belong. The amount of people that you've probably sent there, that is where you belong also. I hope they fuck you up too. I really do. Um, um, Jeremy Vine quote tweeted it and he said, as a father of two teenage girls, I have absolutely no idea how to impress on them that a policeman who stops them may be doing so on false pretenses, may handcuff them unlawfully, may murder them for his own satisfaction. What do I say to help keep them safe and avoid, um, keep them safe, avoid the police? And I just thought that was an interesting question because now suddenly white parents are having to consider what black parents have had to consider for absolute centuries centuries decades all of that that what black parents have had to do when we talk about the talk this is what we're talking about when you have to let your children know that outside there in that big old world because of your black skin there are people that are going to move mad to you and people that you'd expect to protect you actually won't like the police as a black boy as a black man you're likely to get stopped by them random times for no fucking reason um and I don't know how to protect you from that I don't know how to help you avoid that because no matter how much money you have no matter how many olympics you've even won that can happen to you at any time and I'm so sorry black people have been having to do this forever and ever and ever and suddenly what did I say I said this like whether earlier this year or last year when things happen to white women that is specifically when you realise just what's been happening to um, other people all of the time, especially black people. That is when you suddenly realise, because now we've uh, we've jumped over having the talk with your um, with your white sons. We've jumped specifically to having the talk to your white daughters, because now you're realising that even they are not safe. And if I would say that they haven't really been, but they're definitely not no longer safe at the hands of police. So now you're having to question the people that you told us that we should never question. Anytime you see something happening to black people, remember when my brother got fucking hooded by the police, right? When that happened to my brother, not Sadiq, my other brother, when that happened to him, the amount of people that were in the comments talking about, yeah, but what did he do beforehand? And why is he resisting? If he's done nothing wrong, you should just follow the process and it'll be over quickly. Oh, really? But now you're all telling your white children to resist the police too if you don't go and shut the fuck up and go and slow wine on the knife you fucking pricks stupid bitches always shifting the goalposts and now that the goalpost has hit you over the head and it's fallen over you don't know what to do with yourself nah nah good for you good for you cunts that's what you deserve because by fire and by force you will realize that this society is not equal and when the um, society when that fire starts nipping at your asshole, starts nipping at your heel, eventually you're going to have to have a question, um, a conversation about how we put that fire the fuck out. Because now that it's burning you, we're going to have to figure out how we put that fire out, won't we? But anyway, this Kirsty Alsop decided to now say um, to Jeremy Vine's tweet, no, you ensure that lockdowns are never ever imposed again. In any other circumstance, this could um, not have happened. She deleted the tweet, but enough people had seen it before she could delete it. And it's just a very wayward thing to tweet, especially since women have been killed by police prior to lockdown. Years before lockdown, 
women have been killed by police. So to further your agenda about, I don't want another lockdown shows how much of a nasty, soulless, heartless woman you are. Um, so you can receive a straw. You can definitely receive a straw. And I hope that you lose your daytime show, or whatever the fuck you're doing. I hope that you lose that as well. Um, but yeah, just an absolute mess all around. And so, of course, the Metropolitan Police did give us advice on what we should do when we see police. But again, they're not talking to us. And I think that that was the most interesting thing to see the police and to see everyone giving advice, but definitely not taking blackness into consideration when they were given this advice, because they're literally talking to each other. And that's the vibe I get. Like white people and non-black people, this is what we should do going forward. Because we know that within reason, generally speaking, King, the police won't move as mad with us black people don't know what to say about them because you know they're criminals and demons and, and anyway so the police said uh, we know we have an urgent duty to do more to protect women and girls here are some questions you can ask where is it here are some questions you can ask um, if you have concerns about an officer if you feel you are in imminent danger always dial 999 wait 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 a minute so a police officer has stopped me what you advise me to do if I don't feel that I trust that police officer is to bring out my phone in front of the police officer, a phone that Wayne Cousins took off Sarah Everard, dismantled her SIM card, dashed the phone in the canal. I should bring out the phone and I should dial 999 so another police officer can arrive that's likely to support the police officer that's currently in front of me. Wow. Wow. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 across the board for that mental gymnastic. Um... Then ask him, where are your colleagues? What do you mean, where are your colleagues when people are complicit in this fuckery too? Was a colleague not there where a white, where white, uh, another white police officer, they did it together in fact, took pictures next to Bibba Henry and Nicole Smallman's bodies as black women when, and biracial women even, when they were, um, when they were murdered in a park, their bodies were found and these two policemen took pictures next to their dead bodies and sent it to the WhatsApp group to Kiki and Ha Ha, but they were there together. So what does it mean? Where your where where are your colleagues? What 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 will the colleagues do when they're going to support each other anyway? Because even if they were to speak out in case one of them was moving mad, if they're in a um if they're at a police station that they don't like that kind of behavior, they'll now be ostracized and they'll be subjected to bullying. So what what do you mean? Where are your colleagues when your co colleagues are going to be complicit? Also, further to that, when the police arrived um to arrest. Wayne Cousins, they arrived um, at 5.45pm outside his house. They didn't enter until about 745 so all of that time, they said that he wiped his phone. Records show that he wiped his phone clean at 7-Eleven. He wiped his phone clean at 7-Eleven. So all of that time, you lot left him in there doing whatever the fuck. So he knew you were coming. So my whole thing is, he could not have been working alone. And this is not the first time that this stupid, dirty, crusty fucking bitch has killed a woman. Why? Because in his initial interview, he said something like, oh, it's the Romanians that forced me to kidnap those women. Women, he said, women. So that there are women that are still missing, that their families do not know where the fuck they are. And it's this motherfucker, along with other people, working together who killed them and 
uh, what is it? Line of Duty wasn't lying about them Masons and them them secret cults and organizations that these lot are part of. I will say what I need to say and nobody's going to stop me. Do you hear me? That they are part of these places. So whether it's um, child, like sexual abuse, um, um, child molestation, um, killing women or killing, like all of that stuff, they are aware and they continue to bury it. They will not dare to admit to us right now that actually upon our investigations, we found that he may have killed at least, Spirit is telling me that this guy has killed at least another five women. Spirit is telling me that this guy has killed another five women. And they will not admit that to us. They probably will not tell us until well after the fact. They will not admit that to us this year. Probably not for another maybe six years. They will not tell us the truth about this situation. But I truly believe that this guy has killed at least another five women. And he's been able to get away with it because maybe some of them didn't really have family over here because they migrated over here. And some of them, a couple of them might have been sex workers. And so that's why he was able to get away with it. Um, but five, five, five. And I don't know, this podcast might have finished, might have ended by the time that we get this. So wherever I am, do message me when we hear about the number of people that that they've managed to track that this guy could have killed because I know that it's not the the, the way that he did and um, what he did with Sarah Everard the slickness of it changing cars he'd already bought all of the equipment he even stopped off to have a bit of a coffee or whatever and a Bakewell tart or whatever the fuck like he he did everything in such an unfeeling way like the motherfucker even took his family for a walk in the woods where he had dumped her body like Nah, I'm sorry. I hope that they beat the shit out of you when you get to prison. I really hope, and I'm not taking this down. I said what I said. I hope that when you get to prison, that they fuck you up. That is what you deserve because women deserve to live lives and to live lives that they're not fearing all the time, all the time. There is not a single day that I don't walk out in the street as a black woman and think, "Am I going to be okay?" We don't need to live like that. It's not fair. And, and, and with, I saw a picture of a club that is now, because a spiking, uh, incident happened there, they're now covering um, people's drinks with cling film. We now live in a society where you can't even drink your drink because for the fear of getting spiked. So it's now wrapped in cling film with your straw through it. And people are like, oh, it's sad that this has to happen. It doesn't have to happen. We could just address structural male violence as part of a white supremacist heteropatriarchal society. We could just address that from off the bat. Off the bat, we could address that. But it's so hard to address it when we've got internalised misogynoir with a lot of people. So when white women are out here um, fighting for their rights, they don't realise all the other people that they're trampling on in the process. When um, people are out here, women, cisgendered women as they see themselves, when they're out here um, denying the reality of trans women, they don't realise how that also feeds into this dynamic. I just... I'm so exhausted by it. I'm so exhausted by it that the police could even dare to be like, oh, well, this is what you need to do. If you see a police officer, question them. Huh? I'm laughing, I'm screaming in black skin. I'm laughing and I'm screaming in black skin. Question a police officer so they can now make you eat gravel. The way that they even lied on my brother that time when they hooded him, they lied. They lied out their fucking, through their fucking teeth. They lied. The judge couldn't even watch the video of what they did to my brother. And my brother has asthma. Like they couldn't even watch the video of how they were treating him all because they, they said that they suspected that he may have been smoking marijuana from their van across the fucking road. Fuck all of you, you fucking pricks. Go die, you stupid fucking bitches. Like it gets me so angry that this is the reality for so many black people 
literally so many black people, this is their daily fucking lived reality, and you don't have the fucking cheek to now be tweeting about, oh, just ask police officers questions, ask them their names, ask them where their colleagues are, ask them what rights, and da 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 ask them for their badge number, maybe you might get away with that, with lighter and brighter skin, but let me tell you something, that is not the reality for, for black people, it's not, it's absolutely not, I just feel so, so sickened by it, but he doesn't, he wasn't working alone, as far as I'm concerned, and they're covering a lot more up than they're, than, than they're willing to admit, the fact that his nickname at the police station was rapist, the rapist, you're working with someone and their nickname is the rapist and everybody's calm with that. And some people were now tweeting at me, not even tweeting at me, DMing me um, after my Insta stories um, that I posted last week because I had to come back to, to make that point. I'll probably come back for my birthday as well. But I came back to make that point and people were like, oh, the way that we deal with this is to have more women in the police. No, the fuck we don't. The way that we deal with it is not to have more women in the police. The same way, the way that we deal with stop and search and the disproportionate stop and search rates when it targets black people and the excessive force that's used when it targets black people. The way to deal with it is to not have more black people as police officers. The people have risen to the highest ranks and they even know that the system is fucked. So it's not about representation, representation. Women will enter that system and be abused and assaulted. And that's why so many women leave the police force. So it's not going to solve anything, women being there. And actually you're putting them in a very dangerous situation because if they look like the type that's gonna um, um speak up against their um colleagues they can be in a very dangerous um situation answering a, um, a, a police call with their team with their colleagues and they'll be left to get murked so it's the answer is not to have more women in the system especially when we know that a lot of women have internalized misogyny as well i don't think that that's the way to go in my opinion and then someone now wrote um um, no, sorry, the police now wrote, why are you here? That's another question to ask them. And exactly why are you stopping me or talking to me? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. The easiest thing you could do in this um, situation is um, accept that the police might need to be defunded because, oh, we have less police officers. That's why these things are happening. First and foremost, um, police officers usually arrive after the crime. So if you're talking about, oh, intel when they're trying to prevent crime and all of that, that's different. But most times they're arriving when the crime has already been committed and then it's a case of getting to the bottom of it and more time they're not. Um, and this might feel like, oh, she's so anti-police. It can feel like whatever you the fuck you want it to feel like. I'm just interested in truth. I'm just interested in true justice. And for a long time, what people are now concerned about where, um, with regards to the police are what, um, is what black people have been concerned about for ages, for absolute ages. So it is really just a mind fuck watching everybody having these discussions. And it's like, yeah, but we've been telling you though. So why didn't you listen when it was happening to us? Um, so everyone involved, everyone can suck their mums, everyone can suck their mothers dry, I'm so over all of this bullshit, um, it is what it is, I said what I needed to say, and I feel like this is a great place to just wrap up the episode for this week, thank you for listening um, to the podcast, um, and supporting in the way that you do, big up for my patrons on Patreon, I'll be dropping some con uh, content for you imminently, um, and yeah, I just want to celebrate my birthday and have a good time. Um, as of Sunday at, um, 1640, uh, PM, I have not received my G wagon. And so I don't know what Mercedes are doing, but hopefully they'll get themselves together at some point in the future. But yeah, thank you all of you for rocking with me for the past, what, four years that this podcast has been on. And, um, 
yeah, just allowing me to grow and grow in my truth and um, speak up for the things that I believe in and just feel this world out as I do. Um, I'll probably release some spaces for tarot readings for November at some point because November is looking a little bit quieter. So I might um, release some places for uh, November and it will only be on Patreon that I'll be um, doing this. So don't DM me asking me when I'm um, releasing places because it's just going to be on Patreon. Um, Yeah. And I guess that's, it. You can send your letters and your voice notes to sym at kalechiokafo.com. Um, you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash uh Okafo. And um you can follow me on Kalechi Okafo or at Say Your Mind Pod. I think that's all of it. Yeah, and big up um issue and express VPN for sponsoring this episode. Big up all of you lot for listening, my baby girls, baby boys, and baby non-binaries. And you have been listening to uh S-Y-M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. I have been Kalechi Okafor. It is my birthday tomorrow and I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sippy here Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind